What's up, friends? It's EK. Kyle and I are back with again the big time, big board. We're hitting up the SEC West. We're getting into it. How you feeling, Kyle? Um, I don't think I'm tired of this yet, which is kind of surprising. <laughs> it's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because we like this is basically like both of us doing it, like the research that I would be doing more haphazardly and scattered like across <laughs> many like ten or fifteen minute sessions over all summer. But we like we get to talk about it with someone else that's into it, and like at least like twenty or thirty other people like this enough to listen to it. So ready to roll. How how are your teams? Are you excited about the SEC West this year? Um, no, I, I hope they all suck. Well, yeah, if you weren't a Tennessee fan. I mean, I guess. I still think the SEC champions in the East. Like, just it's Georgia or? Well, I think it's Georgia, but I think the second best odds, in my opinion, is Tennessee. We'll talk about Tennessee soon. <laughs> you're hanging. You're hanging a lot on the head of one Joe Milton, there, my friend. Yeah, I think he can handle it. Yeah, um, you think Hypo can handle it? Is what you think? Well, yeah. I mean, Alabama's hanging a lot on the head of somebody. Jalen Milrow, I think. And is that where we can start this? Uh, these shenanigans that we're about to have. You want to talk about Bama? Yeah, let's start with, like, one of the top five teams in the country. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's like, do we start with the one that's going to take an hour or do we wrap up with it? I think we start with it because, like, two hours into this, we're going to be like, fuck, what are we talking about? Fuck, you want me to talk about Ja'Cory Brooks? Yeah. Um, There's a lot to talk about at Bama. Bama, as per usual, has a roster loaded of talent. However, I do feel like they have lost, you know, lost something from those super dominant teams we saw a few years ago and really over a substantial time period. Or or I guess it might be more accurate to think that the rest of the league has caught up to some degree. What do you think? I'll tell you what they've lost. They've lost Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Last, Wait, when was Kiffin last year was there. Um, right before he got the Ole Miss job. Got it. That makes sense. I didn't know that. Um, um, yeah, and Sarkeesian is was is a goddamn good coordinator, man. Um, so I'm with you. And Bill O'Brien before, yeah, yeah, was not up to the task, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I didn't. I don't know. I mean, there were some good offenses in his tenure at Houston, but I mean, he had Deshaun Watson and Nuke. And that was the offense, right? Uh, in those yep. years. Yep. And, and like, they bring a, in um, they bring in Tommy Reese from Notre Dame to be that new OC. Um, yeah. What do you think about Reese? Because I, I think he's about the same as Bill Bill O'Brien. Um, right. I think the offense is still capped. Yeah. I think the offense is still capped. I mean, they're gonna—they're still Alabama. They're still gonna run the ball well. 
Yeah. Quarterback hasn't been great at Notre Dame for recent years. Um, they haven't really had a wide receiver that's been super impressive. Obviously, Michael Mayer took a lot of shine at the tight end position, but I don't know. Yeah. I think Alabama recruits a hell of a lot better than Notre Dame, so maybe um, this will be better for Tommy Reese here at Yeah, I think Bama. the question – the question for me with Reese, right, is like so what we have to look at is what he's done at Notre Dame the past few years. And it's tough to sort out what was he doing because of the personnel there as opposed to what is he what was he doing because it's what he wants to do at an offense. But um, and I, I think we're gonna learn a lot about that in uh you know the first few weeks of the season here. But if you know we draw parallels to Notre Dame and we say, hey, this is gonna be that kind of system, I mean Notre Dame tended to put mobile quarterbacks out there and use them on some designed runs, let them scramble freely. They tended run to the run ball. the offense, yeah, you know, run the offense, uh, you know, through the running backs and through the tight ends. Uh, with you know, the, some decent wide receiver performances. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know if Reese was there when Claypool was there, but Claypool was okay. Wasn't uh, no. great. Twenty twenty was his first year, and then there was a kid. I want to say the year after that, that, that played pretty well too. But, um, you know, I don't think we've had a 800 yard, uh, Notre Dame wide receiver in the past five years. Kyron Williams so, is really good. I mean, Kyron, Kyron Williams was a top 20 CFFRB top five. Yeah. In 2020. Kyron was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, even Audrey Gestime started to take off last year towards the end of the year. Uh, I mean, they, you know, if that's what they're going to do, then the running backs are the guys to roster here. I'm not sold that that's what they're going to do, though, because I think Saban has an opinion on how the offense should run, and uh, yeah. I I think he's going to going to try to try to push it in that direction. Plus, if you're Reese, I mean, you have talent at the wide receiver position. The big question mark, as we are going to discuss, is quarterback, right? And you know, for my money, it's it's going to be Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow is the guy that's been in the room the longest. Uh, you know, not as highly pedigreed as uh, Alabama quarterbacks of recent past, but, you know, a top 15 QB in 2021, he's a redshirt sophomore. He's young. He's only 20, 20 years old, even though this is his third season. Uh, six foot two, 220, and a hell of an athlete. Uh, I mean, we saw in limited uh, work last year what, what it looked like, what, what he could do as a dual threat with the ball. And uh, I mean, and you should be excited about that if he gets the starting position and you have him rostered. Uh, I mean, the kid can run. Uh, and it's not to say that he can't throw, um, but they certainly didn't ask a lot of him in that direction uh, when he was on the field last year. Now, he has been playing well in, in, uh, in camp. Uh, I, I focus more on fall camp than I did on spring camp at this point, but I, the same thing was true then, right? Miller was getting the first bracket snaps. He played the most in the scrimmage they had last week, uh, counted for three touchdowns there, two through the air, one running. Um, you know, and stuff like that gives me hope that there's still going to be, you know, a balanced offense at the very least. Um, so I think it's Milro. If it's not Milro, it's definitely not Buchner. I'll gloss him over. Some people love Tyler Buchner or loved him as a recruit and thought he was going to be the next thing at uh, at Notre Dame. Yeah, I I wasn't I never saw it in terms of what you guys were looking at. I mean, obviously the athleticism shines through, but you know what we've seen from him at Notre Dame is 
you know, that he's a college quarterback, right? Uh, he certainly hasn't been, uh, you know, prolific or accurate to the level that you really want, like a high P5 starter to be. And that's why he's out of a job there. Um, and all signs from camp uh, point to him being the QB3 right now. I mean, obviously, he, he was told he'd have a chance to compete for the job, but I think he's competed and has been outcompeted by his two teammates. Um, sounds like if it's not Milrow, it's going to be because Simpson makes strides in fall camp and takes the job over. Uh, Simpson, five-star in last year's class, QB4, uh, 6'2", 203. Uh, actually, the same age as Milrow, interestingly enough, even though he's a year behind him in school. And, uh, you know, he's got the best arm of the bunch. And, and the Beats were saying there were some practices uh, in, in which he'd clearly outplayed Milrow. Um, but, you know, the scrimmage was kind of the most recent thing. And, and Milrow had been dominant there. And, and it wasn't that, that Simpson was bad either. You had a slow start and then was adequate. But Milrow was good in the scrimmage. So, you know, that's kind of where I've been at on this all along. Buchner stinks. Uh, Milrow is probably going to get it through dint of seniority if neither of the two Alabama recruits outplays the other. I thought the most interesting thing about the uh, quarterback room in, in the research I did today was that Lonergan is getting some hype. Uh, I mean, obviously ain't going to play this year, but I, I'm going to read you quotes, Kyle. Quote, at times, looked like the best QB on the field. Quote. Uh, yeah, I had another one too. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> he's got some mobility. He's got a big arm. Look, everyone said he looked like he belonged. Only has a bright future at Bama. Um, you know, what does that turn into? I don't know. Uh, I mean, who do they have coming in next year? Do they have five stars? Uh, I don't think they have anyone they're, crazy, they're, right? They're Alabama. I think they have five stars. Yeah, they will get a five star. Well, I, I think... I think we'll know too. You know what I mean? Um, if, if these guys don't do what Saban wants him to do in terms of like putting a dominant product out on offense, he's going to pull out all the stops and he's going to take a transfer or more likely he's going to recruit like his guy, uh, you know, and pick up. They have a, one of the top Jul- five stars. Julian Sion, who is the QB two on 24 seven committed currently. Got it. So he's got a five star already for next year. Yep. So, um, all right. So they got a backup plan, you know. Uh, running back is, as per usual, an embarrassment of riches uh, for Alabama. Although uh, Beats said, "quote The room hasn't been this deep and talented in a long time." Although I feel like someone says something like that every year at Alabama. Um, I can see why they're saying it this year, and really, I think what gets that common is Justice Haynes, right? Um, Justin Haynes is not going to be the starter this year because he's got talent in front of him, but we'll get on the field and all signs point to him being the most talented guy in the room. Uh, Haynes is, you know, a high four star this year, the RB three in this class per two, four, seven, uh, just an all around back five eleven two Oh five catches the ball, runs the ball. Well, has done nothing but shine since he's got there. The starter, Jace McClellan, uh, went a 112 for 655 and eight last year and went for another 174 yards in the air, uh, three touchdowns. I mean, he's a running back one uh, for Alabama. Uh, he's always been good when he's been on the field. He's been injured a lot. So, you know, I, I wonder if 
they're not going to run him like a true workhorse if he gets – I'm assuming he's going to get a load kind of like Gibbs did last year, right? Like the biggest percentage of the snaps, but not – uh, you know, not what like Brian Robinson did uh, the year before, right? Uh, and, and he's got the size, 5'11", 212. He's just been nicked up a lot. But, you know, I think unless McClellan gets injured this year, he plays well. I think he is a weapon in the receiving game and therefore very viable for CFF. I also think he's a day two running back next year. Um, you know, kind of underhyped just because, as always, he's been undershadowed. Um, overshadowed by uh, running backs that have been his seniors and particularly by Gibbs last year. But nonetheless, I think he's good. Uh, 86.7 elusive rating. That was like top 14 last year. 388 yards after contact. I mean, that's that's over three in attempt. That's a good number. Uh, 32 missed force tackles. So he's got some good peripheral stats that, that make me like him. Uh, Roy Dale Williams will be the RB2 to start the season, I think. He's been good when he's been on the field, too. He's just never been the best guy in the room and never will be because he's Alabama. Um, you know, Saban likes to reward these guys when they're patient. We saw that with Brian Robinson, uh, you know, and I think that's probably Roy Dell, right? Roy Dell probably comes back for another year and forces a timeshare of Justice Haynes. Or maybe he comes out, you know, and comes out as a, a day three guy this year, but uh, – you know, he'll still get some hype just because of the pedigree for being from Alabama. And like I said, he, he's not been bad, man. Last year was 56 for 250 and four, five receptions. I think he'd be the starter at all but, you know, 10 or 15 programs in the country. Um, that's, you know, that's the curse of being an Alabama running back, right? Uh, Jamari and Miller is kind of the other guy in the room last uh, right now. You know, he's 5'10", 211, the RB4 from 2022. He's good. Man, uh, he, you know, his high school tape's awesome, prolific, uh, caught passes, legit athlete, uh, and flashed when he was on the field last year. You know, I get no knocks on Miller. The problem for Miller might be Justice Haynes, right? Um, again, like, you know, Saban gives these guys the opportunities to get on the field. I, I don't think that Haynes is, like, uh, in a different league than Jamar and Miller. I think he's the best player uh, the most talented guy in the room right now, but I think Miller's really good too. Uh, and then Richard Young, another top 10 running back that they've recruited. Uh, I think the good thing for Young is that he's a different profile. He's 5'11", 200. It's a little bit smaller. Man, he is explosive. His high school film is fun. Um, I think he's going to get a, get a, you know, more like a, as long as he can pass block, okay, find himself in a third down pass catching kind of role. Uh, as his career progresses at Bama. Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot of guys there. And, and honestly, all of these guys have NFL type talent. Uh, you know, the problem is getting them on the field and getting them, getting them in front of uh, and scouts and so on. But uh, you got anything on the running backs, Kyle? Um, I like McClellan quite a bit. I think he's a very good player. Um, I don't I think you have, I think you're right. I mean, Haynes does definitely pop out. Not really sure what to do with Roy Dell personally. I don't think he's amazing. I'd put him a little bit lower than that for Dale. Oh, actually, I don't know. I look at the guys behind him and I'm kind of like, I think you have the right place. <laughs> he's he's going to play in the NFL, right? Like, when's the last time 
you had an Alabama running back that didn't transfer out and didn't wind up playing in the NFL at some level. I can't remember. I mean, I'm sure there's some, but yeah, not, not highly, not highly recruited ones. Sure. I guess. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean like walk-ons transfers, depth guys, but and the thing is too, Roydell's got on the field a little bit since his freshman year, you know, like, and he's always been fine. He's always good in the scrimmages, makes plays. He's just always been the like third or fourth best guy in the room. Um, that's why I was saying if he has like a real path to prominence, it's going to be like a Brian Robinson. Like I'm the fourth year guy and you guys are going to let me play. Um, but I don't know. I'd like to see him come out just so Jamarian and Justice Haynes can get the playing time they deserve. But, yeah, I mean, that all pretty much makes sense to me right now. Uh, so wide receiver. What do you what do you even do, guys, right? There's just so many guys in the room and uh, so much pedigree. But the problem is that last year no one really emerged as a true alpha. Uh, I mean – People thought that it would be Ja'Cory Brooks and he would really rise to the occasion and become that, you know, stud wide receiver we're used to Alabama having every year. And then if it wasn't him, it was going to be Jermaine Burton, right? Georgia transfer who had shined at Georgia, had a really good season uh, there before he transferred. And they were both fine. They were both good last year, but neither one of them was great. And that's, that's the story here, right? Uh, so they need someone to be great if they're going to really rise to the next level. And you know what? Like maybe that is a Bill O'Brien thing. Maybe they need, uh, you know, a better mind in the offense to, to really drive this thing. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, you know, I'd love to see, you know, one of these guys take off this year. Uh, so Ja'Cory Brooks, you know, was everyone's bet to be the best guy. He's still the best bet to be the best guy and the most prolific guy in the room this year. Uh, 6'2", 195, is the wide receiver, two in the 2020 class, uh, 39 for 674 and eight last year. So not a bad season, but not something that was really like making you pleased every week to have it in your starting lineup. Uh, you know, you were definitely disappointed for CFF with him. I still think he's got some Debbie potential, like just the pedigree on him. I have a hard time seeing him not make it to day three but i i mean to 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 day two um but he's gonna have to do something if he's gonna be around one wide receiver and frankly with where you drafted brooks his freshman year or in startups any any time before this year you're disappointed if he's not you know a top 40 type pick for debbie um so pff graded him as the best wide receiver on the team last year with the 72 which is like fine um, there's 2.3 yards per route run, which again is fine. It's not bad. It's just not great. Um, 13.78 at six months forced tackles. So he was their intermediate guy. He was their possession wide receiver. Uh, even 11% drop rate. And that is, it's as bad as it sounds. That's one out of every 10 balls you were throwing. You straight up dropped. And that impacts his stats too. You know, I mean, you give him some of those catches and, you know, maybe he does have an 800, 900 yard season. Um, so Jermaine Burton, again, underwhelmed last year, just like Brooks. He's 6'0", he's 190, he's a wide receiver 9 in 2020, but 
you know, it was great at Georgia in, in a room that, that threw less that year too, than they did last year. Uh, you know, and, and Bennett's last year, they definitely started to air it out a little bit more. Uh, he graded as the second best wide receiver on the team. It was 40 for 677 and seven. Really started to go off at the end of the year. Uh, here's his last three game logs. Seven for 128 and two against a weak opponent. Three for 87. Three for 87 and one. Uh, both of them rotated in and out of the slot, but Burton was more of a deep threat. He had a 16.4 dot, so that's a downfield roll. His yards per route run was pretty weak for a sophomore. It's 2.0. Uh, I mean, it's not terrible, but, you know, again, like he's going to have to play better this year if he wants to make it uh, to a really high draft pick, which either one of these guys could do this. They could take off. They could hit the rocket boosters, go for 1,100 yards, and, and get back into, you know, a day one selection at the NFL draft. But betting odds right now would be they're both more like, you know, I'd say like late seconds, mid seconds, something like that. Um. Burton was good on contested catches too, or at least okay. He was like a 50-50 guy. Uh, so not much more to add on him. Uh, and then I think the next guy to talk about is Kobe Prentice, um, which again, like sometimes on this show, we talk about taking the cheapest guy in the room. Last year, that was Kobe Prentice. He was the most, the least recruited uh, of last year's recruits for Alabama. And yet he is the one that got on the field and really made an impact more than anyone else. Uh, a lot of that had to do with his slot chops. He's a good slot receiver, 76% slot rate last year, but as a true freshman at Alabama, 31 catches, 337 yards, two touchdowns. Like that is, that's something, you know what I mean? Um, his role kind of waned a little bit as the year went on, but nonetheless, I mean, I think he's the wide receiver three until further notice. Uh, yeah, like Malik Benson could bump him off that, but we'll we'll find out as uh, you know as as the season started. There wasn't anything clear I could really get in terms of that out of any of the beat beat reports, scrimmage reports, stuff like that. Um, so uh, JoJo Earl gone, Christian Leary gone. Uh, a lot of the other, you know, competition for snaps, uh, really gone. Trayshawn Holden, gone to Oregon. So um, there's a couple of the returners worth talking about. Kendrick Law, I think, is underrated. I've snagged him in the last rounds of supplementals many times. I get why he's out there. Uh, just he's got a depth chart ahead of him. But the thing for me is that no one on this depth chart has really, like, demanded more work. You know, uh, I've seen Beats say earlier in the offseason that like, hey, it's going to be Kendrick Law and Isaiah Bond to start us this year, which yeah, I think someone's just saying that to just say something. But I, I, I can tell myself a story where it is Kendrick Law or Isaiah Bond. Um, so Law came in as an athlete, 5'11", 201, but he's like a man, the kid is built. And, uh, you know, he, he's got that kind of like rack god, you know, uh, running back you know, tight build and uh, didn't get highly involved till the end of the season, but had success with the work he was given. So, you know, look for him to do a little more this year. And then Isaiah Bond is probably the more exciting of the guys. 5'11", 182. He's a legit burner. Um, just, you know, like actual track speed. Uh, 17 for 221 last year. So again, neither one of those guys, uh, or neither him nor Prentice are year one zeros. I think Law isn't either because he scored a touchdown, which I think gets him out of it. So I think um, any of these guys, 
I think Isaiah Bond is ridiculous um, in terms of his speed and mostly like his ability to get to his top end speed very quickly. Yeah. Um, I think that's what really separates him as a prospect. I really like Isaiah Bond um, because I think when it, it all comes around to the NFL and they see, see that kind of speed, they're going to, they're going to drool over a guy like Bond. Yeah. Yeah. The speed's a definite separator for the NFL for sure. So I, I think he's, he's got a pretty, he's a pretty safe debt bet for Debbie at this point. Uh, I don't think you want any of these guys for CFF. You might not ever want any of these guys for CFF, to be honest, if Alabama continues to spread it out. But that's the big question is that we just don't know what this offense is going to look like. Right. Um, so it could be, I think Malik Benson is going to be the wide receiver one for Alabama this year. And I think he's going to have a very, very good season. I think he's going to have a good season. He's going to be heavily involved. I don't know if he's going to be the wide receiver one, but I also haven't watched his film. It's tough to find film on him. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to get drafted for sure. Uh, so that's the thing. So to me, Benson and Bond and um, Burton, are at least what Burton did last year, are kind of all vying for the same snaps, right? For that like Z receiver, off ball, downfield target snap share. Uh, although maybe they play two of those guys and then they play Brooks, you know, I just think it's really tough to understand what they're going to do right now, but I'm super interested in taking cheap shots on any of these guys where I can, I've grabbed Malik Benson about as often as any player in supplementals this year. I mean, if I've been able to get my hands on him, you know, the third round or the end of the second round, uh, I've done that pretty consistently, kind of like, taking him around the same place as, as I've taken Squirrel White, um, you know, but yeah, and any one of them could do it. Um, uh, Chaz Preston, I, I don't care. I, he's, he's dead to me. I just can't see any way where he makes uh, an impact this year. I've actually dropped him in shallow leagues. Uh, hopefully he transfers and goes somewhere that he can play because he definitely was a talented recruit, but I just can't see him doing anything on this depth chart because even if he could beat out the guys that are ahead of him, they're just going to keep bringing guys in like they did this year. And, you know, I definitely don't have the same level uh, recruit this year as they have in, in some of the past years, uh, just where, you know, like Brooks was the wide receiver too. Uh, Burton came in last year. It's probably the portal wide receiver one or two. Um, but they do have some freshmen that I, I like a lot. Uh, I mean, Jalen Hale, 6'1", 195. He's the wide receiver six as per 247 Sports. Uh, I know the camp, the Canton guys were a little more down on him than that, but not much. They still had him as, like, wide receiver eight. Uh, and I loved his value in supplementals because he would fall into, like, the fifth, sixth round and just, gosh, like, how much separation is there really between him and the top guys or the, the second-tier guys, you know? I don't think he's in the same, uh, you know, level as uh, – you know, the Zachariah Branches and Jonte Cooks, but he's good, you know. It was 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns last year as a senior. Great, great camp reports, got on the field, got, you know, positive feedback from the coach. Uh, great at the catch point, yak guy. Definitely needs to work on his routes. A lot of his high school film was, I'm bigger and faster than you, and I'm going to run past you and catch this ball. Um, but, you know, what? big and fast is not a bad place to start from. 
at any skill position, right? You just got to be able to develop it from there. But good news is Alabama has a long history of developing wide receivers. Uh, the other guy we're talking about there is recruit, uh, Jaron Hamilton, 6'1", 200, wide receiver 35 in the class. He, I think, is kind of what Hale isn't, right? He's not the same level of athlete, but has some good route running ability. Like had some nice sharp cuts, hip sync, like a little more technique to his game than Hale did. So could he be the better player in the long run? Yeah, sure. Like who knows at this point. And then as uh, Kyle was alluding to, uh, Malik Benson, Juco wide receiver one came in the transfer portal. And he's a fast guy, but he's not a little guy. Uh, he's 6'1", 195. Like that's fine for NFL uh, size 10 4 100 meter time. So to me, I, I read that and I say it's 4 3, you know, low 4 3s. Um, but you know, his comp, uh, yeah, no, 10 4 is nuts. Yeah, that's real fast. Uh, Alan Treo from, from 247 comped him to Jamison Williams. Uh, I mean, the, the body types there, the speeds there. Let's see, let's see if the results are there, you know, see if he gets a better result than, um, uh, Jamison God is an underclassman and really be able to perform the way he did that last year with Bryce. Uh, I mean, that would be exciting. Um, how old is Benson though? Is he in like a third or fourth year player already? I think it's a third. He's played two seasons. Third, in so, so third year is fine. I was like, yeah, he might not have gone right to Chuko though either. So um, again, just, just a lot going on at Bama, but it behooves you to take shots at these guys where you can acquire them for a reasonable price, uh, the right price for the percentage chance of them hitting, right? Like obviously, you know, the top guys uh, you know, cost a little more, but honestly, even Brooks and Burton have become cheaper than they were last year. I don't think they are bad bets at cost this year in startups either. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be Benson, one of the, you know, the sophomores could take a jump for it. We really just, we're going to have to see. Uh, it's kind of like pick your guy and close your eyes and hope for the best. Uh, as we alluded to, there's a shot that tight end becomes more of a thing this year than it has been the past couple of years. And I they will... always use the tight. I do have some got? some notes on the wide receiver before you, you jump. Um Malik Benson played JUCO at Hutchinson Community College, which is probably one of the best community colleges in the U.S. in terms of football. Um, Alvin Kamara went there. Cordero Patterson went there. Um, Gerald Everett, Marcus Golden. Um, they've put guys in the NFL before. I think Mitchell Tinsley was there before he went to WKU. Um, like They get good coaching there. Um and they've put guys in the NFL. So I think that's worth noting. Um, and then Jaron Hamilton. Jaron Hamilton's a guy I really liked last year before he committed to Alabama. Um, I thought Jaron Hamilton was a very underrated wide receiver in the class. And then he got an Alabama offer and committed in like December, November. And I was very disappointed because I was hoping he would go somewhere where he could actually do something. Yeah. Me out. We'll see. Like I said, he's definitely more refined than Hale is at this point. So if they don't bring anything crazy in 2024, I mean, I could see a world where he gets some work over, you know, the Kendrick Laws of the world, right? It would be his competition at that point. But 
We'll see. Because I do think Burton, Benson, Brooks, all gone to the NFL this year. So a lot of opportunity uh, opening up in 2024, unless things really go poorly for one of them. Major injury, something like that. Could be I'm surprised back. Burton's back for this season. Honestly. Is, is he going to be a senior? Yeah. Yeah. Brooks, too, right? No. Got it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't the season Burton hoped for, I don't think. Um, I, I still feel like he could have got drafted last year, though. I mean, you must have yeah, got, got a return to school grade, though, or you didn't want to take the, the round four, round five type pay that he was going to get. Um, so I think there's some reason to be excited about the tight end room this year. I mean, again, part of that for me is like, who knows? Uh, we, you know, we haven't seen anything crazy out of any of these wide receivers. Um, so maybe they lean on tight end a little bit more. Uh, Amari Nyblack uh, was a, a high recruit last year, athlete four, six four, two thirty three, has legit speed. Um, he caught a couple of touchdowns in the scrimmage. Uh, every time I've read Alabama beat reports this year, they talk about him. Uh, he's not the presumed starter. CJ Dippery coming over from Maryland uh, is the presumed starter, but I could see Nyblack passing him up, and I definitely could see Nyblack being the passing game weapon that comes on, you know, when they're inside the twenties, uh, you know, and they run out of big package uh, in the end zone. I could see him catching eight or nine touchdowns this year. You know, the yardage probably isn't there, but uh, let's see. Everything said, everyone has said awesome things about him and he does have uh, the kind of athleticism, not just to be an NFL player, but to be like a really exciting NFL prospect. So, He's a guy I've acquired some shares of cheap. He's literally on the waiver in a lot of leagues. So I thought worth mentioning him. All right. Um, I feel like I've ranked these guys maybe high, maybe low. I don't really know. You should tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, well, I mean, I like where other wide the, the running backs were, the wide receivers. Um, seem like they might be a little high, but I mean, I get why you put Ben's in there, and that's consistent with where he's drafted in supplementals. I think, I think Brooks, where you have him, is probably higher than consensus ratings on him, but it probably makes sense. Like, it's really going to be. He's going to have to have a dud of a year not to make it to like top 90 draft capital, right? Top 100. Even if he's in the back end of it, I think he gets drafted to a starter role in the NFL just from pedigree and the success he's had. I think Bond, I think the rest of those guys are maybe a little bit high, but then I look at what's behind him and I'm like, not really, you know? Yeah, Cowing, I think part uh, of that's just not getting to a lot of people yet. Like, it feels higher than it will be at the end. Yeah, like, I could argue that Jalen McMillan should be over Bond right now. We talked about the speed with Bond, but McMillan's yeah, I done. Can see that. He's got a thousand yard season, and and he has elite athleticism. So, that one I think I'd argue with you on. The rest of them, I look at him, I'm kind of like, like Mario Williams should probably be ahead of him too, but other than well, that, what does he done? 
Like, uh, I mean, freshman yeah. breakout at Oklahoma. He had more yards as the freshman than Bond did. That's always going to be there right now. Yeah, yeah. Is he going to be the wide receiver one at USC this year? Is Bond going to be the wide receiver one at Alabama? Well, I think Williams should be. I think that's a fair. Uh, expectation of him if we want to rank him highly, considering the rest yeah. of people in that room, and he's a junior. And yeah, anyways, I don't think any of this is crazy, really. And you know, even the 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 lower guys at Alabama still have more pedigree behind them than the guys that we put behind, them, right? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, cool this. I could, I yeah, I think Corley's a day, a round three pick, but it's the only guy behind him that I'm. Can see. I, I mean, any of the any of these guys could like break out, but yeah, just yeah, like, I the think thing Corley's about Corley is I, I. Every time I think of Corley, I think of Jareth Stearns, who went in the sixth round and got cut. Jareth Stearns didn't get a combine invite, um, but <laughs> I think Corley is w- more athletic. That's true. Yeah, Corley's more athletic. I think WKU has more eyes on them than Stearns did. Because Stearns was like the first season of this, yeah, um, and it was during COVID. I think it was just weird draft process for Stearns. Well, Stearns wasn't that good though. He got cut from a team. Like that's couldn't even that make too. the team. Yeah, but I, again, I think the difference might be athleticism. I think Corley's a legit athlete. Stearns yeah. is was a great college wide receiver that just couldn't hang in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, look, man, I kept Alabama under forty minutes. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right, what you got um, for us, man? What about I just ranked Milrow for CFF? Oh yeah, I don't think you have to rank anyone else. Uh, I guess no, but but good. like yeah, not like, not like I'm just saying. Where you, do you like where I ranked him? I think he's gonna have rushing yards. That's why I ranked him decent. I I think. Yeah, I think he runs for 500 yards, 400 yeah. yards. I, I I think it's fair. Plus, he's throwing to pretty good wide receivers. Uh, you know, I I, a lot, I could see a, I could see him throwing for three thousand and running for four hundred, but accounting for a bunch of rushing touchdowns and that really pumping up his CFF numbers. So yeah, yeah he's a big guy fair. too. I could see. Yeah, he, guy, I think he's, he's a, a red he's zone a, rushing threat. Yeah, he's an elite athlete. Like he really is in that like Jalen Hurts mold if he can figure it out. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Jace looks right. I mean, he could be much better than that. Yeah, it's the same thing with the wide receivers. It's like any of them could be way up there. If I they think were Jace is, though, because I think I, – I don't know. I think Jace is going to get receiving work the way Gibbs got receiving work. But it's tough to say that because the offense changed a lot. If it's Milrow, does he dump it off less? So I feel like some people are very optimistic about that, that have him going for like – you know, like 50 catches this year, but I think there's a better chance of that happening if it's Simpson than if it's McClellan. I mean, than if it's Moreau. Yeah, I don't think he's a 50 catch talent either. I think he can catch, but I don't think he's Gibbs. Um, uh, yeah, he's not Gibbs, but he's a good pass catcher. Yeah. But like the guys above him, like Kai Thomas, TJ Harden, we expect them to take like the full work in like decent offenses. Yeah. Compared to like 50, 60, 70, well, 70 would be really high, but 60% of the work in a better offense, but I don't know. Yeah, it's probably 60 and then 
I, I really, I, I think I would argue the point if it wasn't Milrow, but I think Milrow is going to take so much goal line rushing work and cut down on dump offs. And you probably have them ranked pretty appropriately. Yeah. I mean, I could, even, I could see him lower too. If like Brooks or Lloyd really took over that backfield. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I think you're That's, optimistic about Benson, but it could happen. I am. I won't be surprised if he's like a 1,200-yard receiver or if he's a 600-yard receiver. Me as well. Me as well. If he's Jamison, like we're way wrong, right, for CFF, but I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if he's Jamison, he should be a top eight receiver, right? But I'll, I will move on to the other uh, historical powerhouse in the SEC West, and that is LSU. Um, obviously won a national championship a couple of years back with Ed Orgeron. Had some um, down years after that is what we'll call them, and then have now settled on the head coach of Brian Kelly, who had his first season last year. Um, he brought in a transfer quarterback with him, Jaden Daniels from Arizona State, who started pretty much all the season until he got hurt. He was 266 for 388 for 2,913 yards, 17 touchdowns, and three interceptions. He uh, kept the ball out of the other team's hands. That's what you like to see. And then on the ground, he had, he added 885 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, that's that's yeah, that's where the CFF production was for Jaden Daniels. Um, I don't know if he'll, he'll he'll do that again. I would assume they want to keep him healthy. I don't know. He's obviously capable of it, so it's obviously something that um, we need to watch out for. But I mean, in my he opinion, wasn't like Brian super Kelly, efficient. Brian Kelly's got to win games, so if his best chance of winning games is Jaden Daniels running the ball, that's what they're going to do. He doesn't have that long yeah. of a leash. That, you know? I think he does. I think he does. I, I'm not saying I think he gets like fired this year, but I think he's got to like put up winning seasons. You know what I mean? If if they come out for losing season this year. Uh, with the talent they have. Yeah, I, I don't think they're necessarily in danger of that at all. But, um, yeah. Sure. And then behind him is um, a guy that a lot of us in, like, the Devi CFF, CFF sphere kind of think is a better quarterback, but we don't have a ton of, like, proof, is Garrett Nussmeyer. Um, Garrett Nussmeyer was the QB 19 in 2021. Um, got a couple opportunities to play after Jane Daniels got hurt last year. He went 15 for 27 for 294, two touchdowns and an interception against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, that's not bad for a guy who hasn't really started a ton of games against the best defense in the country, you know, even though it's a 50 some percent completion percentage. And then in the bowl game against Purdue, he went for 11 for 15 for 173, two touchdowns and an interception again. Um, how do you kind of, do you, do you rank Nussmeyer personally above Daniels for Debbie? Because I think the NFL dream for Daniels is kind of dead. It's real slim. Um, yeah, I think he gets. I think he gets drafted, but I think he gets drafted on day three unless he improves as a passer this year. Right. I think it could happen still, but yeah. I mean, he, again, his passing upside is limited, and we saw that last year. Right. Newsmeyer, I think is. Yeah, I think he's. 
he's got a road ahead of him still that could lead to the NFL. Uh, so I think like Jaden Daniels definitely gets drafted, but doesn't get drafted highly. Garrett Newsmeyer could be a complete nothing um, or still has a path to like top 60 type draft capital. I probably not like early first round draft capital unless he like takes over this year and goes nuclear or takes over next year and like really is just elite. And no. is Joe Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Nussmeier, I'd I believe love to see a uh, junior this season. So yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to not see him play. Yeah. 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 He is. He wasn't, he wasn't in last year's class. He was in the class before. So. Yeah. All right. And then, so obviously Jaden Daniels, 885 yards um, was very good for a quarterback, but it was also the best rushing line on the team in general. Uh, no running back surpassed him. Um, they did have a couple guys who were around. One of those is Noah Kane, who um, quite possibly had like one of the quietest 10 touchdown seasons of all time. He um, just transferred in from Penn state last year. As a junior, went for 76 attempts, 409 yards, and those 10 touchdowns. Um, John Emery showed flashes occasionally as a redshirt junior last season. Um, he also had 76 carries, 375 yards, and six touchdowns. Um, other guys who also saw the field last year also were kind of interesting. Um Armani Goodwin was a sophomore last season, only played in seven games and didn't really play in three of them. Um, he had 45 carries, 267 yards, and five touchdowns. I thought Goodwin was going to take over the backfield after the first few games, and then he just kind of had that injury and never really got back to full health. Um, Josh Williams was a senior last season who had 97 carries, 532 yards, and six touchdowns along with 21 receptions for 132 yards. He has uh, requisite size and obviously can catch the ball, but he's going to be a fifth-year senior this year, so not super excited about him either. Um, they bring in a couple of guys. or Well, actually, they bring in three guys, newcomers, um, the first of which is a transfer from Notre Dame, Logan Diggs. Um, obviously, he was recruited by Brian Kelly back at Notre Dame and now joins him in at Baton Rouge. I think Logan Diggs is probably the favorite to be the quote unquote RB one, you know, take the first snap of the first game. Um, last season, he had 165 carries, 822 yards and four touchdowns. Um, that's definitely a better stat line than anybody at LSU had last year, but obviously different situation at playing at Notre Dame. And then they bring in two four-star freshmen, Trey Holly and Caleb Jackson. Um, I use the term four-star kind of loosely with Trey Holly. He's pretty low in terms of four-stars. But Caleb Jackson is a pretty interesting freshman. I mean, he is a uh, – I think he might have the highest ceiling in the room. I think that's pretty fair to say. He's six foot, 200 coming out of high school, the RB10 in this year's class. He's been clocked at 20.6 miles per hour. He has good hands. Um, in terms of athleticism, he's big, he's fast, he can catch the ball. It's everything you want to see in a running back. Um, personally, I don't think he's necessarily very good at playing the position yet. Um, that's kind of my issue. I think he uh, he doesn't really um, 
bring his pads down, doesn't really run people over or anything. Um, not the greatest vision, but these are things that are more coachable. In terms of athleticism, he has it. So Caleb Jackson, a name to watch in the future, I think. And then moving on to the wide receiver room, we actually have a guy who is very good and will be in the NFL shortly, and that is Malik Neighbors. He um, led the team in receiving last season, and not only led the team, but led the SEC in receptions and was second in the SEC in receiving yards. Um, just absolutely annihilated Kayshawn Boutte um, and took over that room for himself. Um, Malik Neighbors is six foot 199, and he plays a little bit of slot or a decent amount of slot, but mostly out wide. He um, had a 38.8% slot share last year. So um, multifaceted wide receiver. He's very athletic. He has great speed, um, requisite size. I think he is a future NFL player for sure. I think my current projection would be mid to late first round. How do you feel about that, Eric? That's what uh, draft Knicks have been saying. Big first round. Seen him as high as like 16 in mocks and haven't really seen him out of the first. So I think that's, I think the worst would be like, he's like a mid second round pick. If this year is, doesn't improve on last year. Right. Or one of the other wide receivers steps up and takes some work, but yeah, he's a, he's a top 50 pick at this point easily. And then also returning at wide receiver was last year's, um, well, second wide receiver, Brian Thomas Jr. He was also part of the class with Malik Neighbors. He is six foot five, one ninety-eight, and pretty fast for a guy who's six foot five. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, a couple of years ago you'd be super excited about because you know you see Julio, you see AJ Green, and a guy who's six foot five and fast. But that's not really what the NFL wants anymore, and it just doesn't seem to succeed at the same level even in college. Um, Brian Thomas Jr. last season had 31 receptions, 361 yards, and five touchdowns. I would pretty much expect him to be the wide receiver two, or at least the uh, second outside wide receiver in this offense. And um, he has some interesting Debbie value, I think, too. And then um, a couple other guys are also coming back. Um, this year, rising senior Kyron Lacey is still around. He had 24 receptions, 268 yards last season as a wide receiver three. Um, he faces some competition, which we'll get to later, but I think he could be the wide receiver three in this offense. Um, and then Chris Hilton Jr. also um, returns. He was also a part of that class with Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors. Um, Thomas and Hilton were actually the two highest rated and neighbors kind of the last guy out and neighbors ended up being the guy. So that happens. There's proof. Um, but Chris Hilton last season only played four games, uh, had seven receptions for 109 yards in those four games. Obviously um, those four games were due to injury, but he used that opportunity to um keep a year of his eligibility so he is a redshirt sophomore going into this season six foot 183 pretty talented wide receiver i think he's a guy who will challenge for the three spot but i'm not sure he'd be my favorite um my favorite is a guy that they brought in as a transfer this season um and i think 
bringing him in as a transfer more had to do with the future of this program with guys like neighbors, Thomas, and probably Lacey all going pro next year or leaving the program. Um, Aaron Anderson transfers in from Alabama. Aaron Anderson last year was a five-star freshman, five foot eight, 180, super quick, super agile, um, has top end speed, a little small, obviously at five foot eight and pretty much, um, limited to the slot i mean there's some outside ability there but i think he's mostly a slot um he was a year one zero last year but he was injured and was only able to play in one game so you can you can excuse that for injury but obviously i'd like to see him take over pretty quickly um but i do think he's a good player I do think Aaron Anderson has an opportunity to be the wide receiver three in this offense, be the slot guy in this offense this year. And if he is, then I think we're looking at a guy who's going to be a name to watch for Debbie. And then they bring in four freshman wide receivers this year as well. Um, the Based on 24-7 rankings, the highest rated is wide receiver 14, Jalen Brown. He is 5'11", 170. He's quick, he's shifty, he's a good route runner, has decent speed. He's been clocked at 21.3 miles per hour. Um, but he's 5'11", 170, he's obviously a little skinny. Um, he lacks physicality as a wide receiver. More of a slot guy. Also, like Anderson, probably has some outside ability, but I think more of a slot guy. Um, so an interesting prospect, Jalen Brown. I think Shelton Sampson Jr., who 24-7 has rated seven spots lower in the wide receiver class, is actually a better prospect. He's six foot four, 181, um, and he's not just tall. He's um, He has a good release package, flexible hips, good speed. He plays the wide receiver position well, um, as opposed to a lot of tall guys who you do just see run past people and then catch the ball above them. Um, I think Shelton Sampson Jr. actually makes people, makes corners, um, lose him and he gains separation and he has NFL speed as well. So I think he's interesting. Um, and then two more guys they bring in are Kai Preen, who was an athlete and was rated as the athlete number 15 in the class. He's six foot one ninety, ran a 10.9400 meter, which is pretty good. Um, and he's more of like a running back wide receiver combo type guy. Um, he makes plays with the balls and ball in his hands. Um, not a great wide receiver yet, but maybe he can make strides at, in playing the position. Um, and then wide receiver 53, Kyle Parker is another guy very similar to Jaron Hamilton, who I liked as a prospect before he chose one of the premier wide receiver depth charts in the country. Um, he's five foot 10, 175. He played alongside two other FBS wide receivers in 5A Texas football last season and still went for 72 receptions, 1,091 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Also went clocked at 21 miles per hour. Um, he does have short, kind of sh uh, a small wingspan, smaller stature, more of a slot guy, but I do like Kyle Parker as a prospect. And then at the tight end position, I think this is one of the best tight end rooms LSU has had recently, maybe had ever. Um, Mason Taylor, as a freshman last season, went for 38 receptions, 414 yards, and three touchdowns, and was a freshman all-SEC selection. 
He's six foot five, two forty five. So that's NFL size already as a sophomore. Um, I think Mason Taylor is a legit Debbie tight end um, and will probably be a solid CFF tight end for the next two seasons. Um, and then behind him, they don't really have anybody returning on the roster, but they bring in three freshmen and two of those freshmen are top 15 wide or tight ends in the class. First of all is Mac Markway. He is a six foot four, 250 tight end. Um, obviously that's requisite size. He's a strong blocker um, and a decent receiver. He's more of a, that kind of all purpose tight end. That's really going to play in line. Not going to be great for fantasy, but is going to make it to the NFL, in my opinion. Um, I think he's a guy who's probably like a third, fourth round NFL pick, but you're never going to be excited to have him in fantasy. He's he's just a good player, but not really a receiver, which is obviously what we want in the tight end position. And then Kamorian Pimpton is the exact opposite i think <laughs> um the the type of tight end that we all want to get excited about for fantasy um but maybe the nfl doesn't value quite as much um unless he's truly truly good he's six foot six 220 obviously that's um that's that's light for a tight end at six foot six he'll need to put on some weight um but he had a thousand yards and 17 touchdowns last year in texas 6a football he dominated at the all-american bowl um, I think projecting him to play a lot this year is definitely um, overhyping him a little bit just because he is thin. He does need to work on work in a uh, SEC strength program, but I think he's a guy for the future that we really have to watch out for. You got anything on LSU EK? Uh, no, I mean, I love neighbors. I love Mason Taylor. I have no idea what to do with the running backs this year. I mean, I was on the clock, uh, drafted Logan Diggs, yeah, God, a couple of weeks ago. And then the more I was reading through beat reports and stuff, I'm like, I'm not even sure it's Logan Diggs is the guy there, you know? Like, I thought he had the best resume of them, but the beats seemed more interested in talking about. Goodwin and uh, some of the other names there, Noah Kane, right? Uh, who are exceedingly unexciting for us. And um, I think yeah. if Goodwin wins the job, he's exciting. But I think that's the only sure. Way. Yeah, it could be right. Yeah. Really take away the injury last year, and yeah. um, you know who knows what could have happened. He looked good when he got work, right? So yeah, yeah. Goodwin could be interesting. But, but if it's Kane or Emery or Williams, I'm not interested at all. They're all fifth, fifth, and fourth year players. Even then, like, I don't know if Diggs has the athleticism to get me excited about him on an NFL level. I think he's a good running back. Um, I just don't know if he's a good NFL running back. I don't know. What do you think? What's your, like, real take there? I agree. I don't, I don't see him as an NFL guy. Do we rank Goodwin for Debbie? I think so. I'm going to, but it's going to be low. I just put him all the way down here. Yeah, that's fair. I'd rather have Zach Evans. I'd probably rather have a couple of those other guys. But you know what I noticed? And um, you're poking around doing stats for this, too, is uh, who's the kid from Arizona um, that's like a top CFF running back? Uh, Arizona State. Michael Wiley. Michael Wiley? 
is like an elusive rating king. Yeah. He could actually be a really good player. Like for me, that's a sign on top of production usually that it's, you're, you're creating. A size thing with Wiley, isn't it? I don't think he's that he's like a fifth year player is the problem. I don't think it's even a size he's, thing. He's just old. Six foot. Yeah, he's um yeah, he's gonna be a fifth year player this year. Yeah. So unlikely path forward, but um, yeah, he had like 27 missed forest tackles on receptions, which is like still six right? foot two ten. Yeah, he's <laughs> fine size wise, he's just old. He's <laughs> like 22 already, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Where tough, do we have tough, him rank? Uh, Did we rank him for Debbie? I don't think we ranked him for Debbie, and I think we should, was kind of my point. We didn't have to do it right now, but I'm going to throw him on there somewhere. I'd rather have him than Josh McCray. Austin Jones. I'd rather have him than Roy Dell or yeah. Or Yeah, that's aggressive, yeah, that's but fair. it could be right. I think that's fair. Um, I do too, yeah. Mayan Williams going to the NFL, but not exciting, so it's a good place to put him. I don't know if you think I'm too optimistic of Caleb Jackson, but I look at it and, like, he's a shot that you could take that has – if he figures out the stuff he needs to figure out, could be like a superstar, right? Just with the speed and athletic profile. Yeah, I I do. So if you're listening to this and not looking at it, like I have him ranked between Roman Hemby and Dallin Hayden for death. I would rather have Caden Fegan, I think, and Cameron Cook, who we have way later. Uh, I definitely prefer him to Jordan James. Alton the Caskill. I mean, you can throw them right there with Vegan and Cook. I think that's fair. I think maybe, maybe the issue is Cook and Vegan are too low. You no, know, I'd, I'd honestly, I'd rather have Jackson than either of those, though. I'd fight you to death on that. Just Cook. Vegan you know, is, I like both. If, if Vegan figures it out, he is a better athlete than Jackson and bigger. Yeah, true. And he has a clearer start path to starting, starting uh, snaps. And I think Cooks is just as good as athlete too. Yeah, Cooks small though. A little bit. Yeah, I think those guys are too low. I'm not taking Nathan Carter or any of them for Debbie purposes, to be honest. And I like Carter. I just like that's crazy. What he had two games that were good against FCS teams, and you're putting him ahead of four stars. You know, uh, that sounds better to me, honestly. And I don't know why you like Jordan James so much, but we're we're fine. We're fine. We're rolling. We're rolling. <laughs> it's, Is there anyone else we need to rank? He's from Tennessee. Uh, it's all clear now. Makes sense. Uh, Chris Hilton. I mean, exciting profile as a prospect. Um, you you didn't put Thomas on there, but I did put Thomas on there. You can tell me if I put him too I, high. I like him. I don't think he's good. Yeah, you definitely put him too high. I think he stinks. I'm moving him down. <laughs> I mean, he's the wide receiver two in that offense last year. He's he's six foot five. That's usually not a great thing, but he's fast. Um, I don't know. He hasn't done anything. We went for he like had 40 yards last year. 40 receptions last year. For how many yards? I have it written down. Hold on. I said it earlier. You should have just been listening. Come on. Um, oh, was it in your notes? 361. Uh, 31 for 361. Yeah, I don't like him. He sucks. 
I will rank him this high as uh, to be uh, patronizing to you or to be accommodating to you. But I'd, I'd rather have other guys. Are we? And I don't know. What do you think? Are we too low on neighbors for CFF? Uh, I thought about it. He was the returning wide receiver, twenty six. Twenty six. But they need to throw more for him to really exceed that. And I have him like just behind that. You know what I mean? I I, I could yeah. put him up. I, I don't. I actually I, don't even see him at twenty six. Oh, maybe that's thirty six. I don't know. He's on the second page. Of returning wide receivers 20 per page are you unprojected again i am not 2022 year to date he was the sixth guy on the second page in in big league are you looking at points per game or just points because he's like probably just points 53 in points per game got it he just played the full season so i anyways i think the answer to your question was no we're not we're not too low on him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd rather like, have like, Wigless. I think I'd rather have Camper, actually. I, I you could talk me into any of that. Like I could really put him any it's just I, I think he gets a higher target share than he did last year because I don't think there's anyone else there that's shown as much as Booty had. Yeah. Right? If someone does really rise to the occasion, it's either Thomas taking a big step that I don't think he has in him, or it's like Mason Taylor getting like a huge share for a tight end. Or or, or Aaron Anderson was good. Well, exactly. Or yeah. Aaron Anderson, Shelton Sampson are really good, right? Yeah. Th- those could happen. And, and honestly, I think one of those things does happen, but I still think Neighbors does a little better than he did last year. So, Sure. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't imagine ranking anyone else for CFF though. Can you? Um, at wide receiver. Yeah. Um, not to the point where it matters, but we do have guys ranked who don't matter. But not yeah. really. Um, yeah. Armani Goodwin for CFF. Like, yeah, it's but like so low that it's. You just kind of matter because, like, if if it happens, it's it, he matters. Yeah, I'll put him down in like Roydale Williams land. Sure. Uh, oh, there's so many things on here that I could fight about, but I. What about what do you think of Jaden Daniels ranking? I mean, he's like the returning Ooh. like Q, QB four or something. Um, and I have him at, I, I, I have him I think QB eight. Yeah, he's he, going to run all over it again. Yeah, he's returning QB6, and I have him a little bit lower than that, but not much. Um, yeah. He's uh, he 16. Throws, he's 16 in points per game. Oh, but in, in full season, he had the sixth most points. That's um, that's giving him bowl game stats, though. Sorry. Uh, you want to drop him? I mean... Uh, I don't really think I mean, it's like worth arguing about. It's like point no, three points we're, we're talking about. Kind of like about. in a tier there, right? Yeah, it's like point five points we're talking about. I definitely like, rather like, have well, a guy like Rourke like, or Cordero. Like they they outscored him by like point four. Yeah, yeah. So splitting hairs, right? Yeah. All right. So on to my next team, right? 
anything else here? No, I don't think so. Oh, I I, I ranked Komorian Pimpton pretty high, even though I haven't drafted him at all. But the upside there is awesome. I like that. I think um, in terms of freshman for fantasy, Devi, I like him more than Rapalia. Yeah, you can sell me on that. That's very off consensus. Just I think Rapalia has like an extremely high chance of going to the NFL early, right? Yeah, I'm not sure that's off consensus. I'm oh I guess I guess it is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean even then I could argue Kean Burnett should be above Pipton. You know what I mean? He's got the same type of athleticism and is already been good in camp and like seeing the field a tiny bit, but uh, I don't know. It's not worth splitting hairs over. Um, yeah. Okay. So the next of these bountiful teams you have bestowed on me is Ole Miss. Um, not much change on the back end. We got Lane Kifkin doing Lane Kifkin things, which are good. Um, you know, I, I was impressed last year by the way he adjusted to the personnel, right? I mean, they've been this like really prolific passing offense, and he had shitty quarterbacks and shitty wide receivers, so he just ran people over at the ball, which was yeah, he lost his OC last year, um, Jeff Levy to Oklahoma, so you never know how before much is that, season. yeah, before last season, how much is that? I feel like, how much is I feel like he's still the. It's like well, he's still calling the shots, though, right? Yeah, but Le- Levy's a guy who's been around for a while, so Levy, Levy is like a, hand a, a big right? name in terms of OCs. So, yeah. Um, um, he, he, but yeah, and and also, anyways. yeah, you're right. You, they didn't have a wide receiver that was worth a, a crap. No, I mean Mingo got horrifically overdrafted by the NFL, which I get because of the size and the athleticism, but like. Nothing in his data set really showed that he should be that. I, some people did the splitting hairs. Oh, if you looked at like before the injury, and you know, oh, he got double teamed, and it's just like if you got to tell a story to make something make sense, it probably didn't make sense, right? Um, so I I think this looks similar to last year. Honestly, um, Jackson Dart was the clear QB one and scrimmages. I wasn't sure how that was going to shake out, but it looks like he's kept the position and doesn't really look like they're considering pulling him. Although I got to feel like he's, um, you know, if he plays poorly in the season, they throw Sanders in. I mean, Sanders it's is wild that they got Sanders. That- wild they got, you, you had to promise Sanders a chance to compete for the starting job. I am sure. Right. And I'm not even sure that like, like Sanders might just be a better quarterback than Jackson Dart, right? I mean, he's never been like incredible, but he's been like a competent college quarterback for yeah, five the, years. Uh, yeah, there's a case that Spencer Sanders is a better college quarterback, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I don't I don't think he's an NFL. I think he's a day three pick for the NFL. I think he goes in that like now because of um Brock Purdy making all of a sudden quarterbacks that would not have got drafted get drafted. Now. I think he gets drafted, you know, late day three, it's backup. But um, from the scrimmage, they had a scrimmage last week. Dart was seven for nine for 94, which is good. He threw an interception, which is not good. Uh, Spencer Sanders was nine of 17 for 140. Walker Howard, who I do like a lot. I like him as a prospect. 
I like the landing spot for him because I think there's a pretty clear path for him to, you know, win a job next year if he is good enough and can do it. Uh, he was 7 of 16 for 75, which isn't great, but it is what it is. They did have a fairly highly ranked freshman come in, Austin Simmons, QB 19. Uh, the beat said he played well uh, in camp so far. So maybe he's a thing in a couple of years here. Is Simmons the guy who – yeah, Simmons reclassified. Simmons was supposed to be not in next year's class, but in the class after that and reclassified really? to Ole Miss. So he's like yeah. 18 right now. He's like 17 right now, I think. That's wild. Um, so they, they, yeah, the reports were good about him. Yeah, I didn't know much about him. I hadn't done any work like deep on the QB class, but – uh, everyone says he's played very well, surprisingly well in, in practice so far. So that's interesting. Uh, running back, obviously, Zach Evans out. Doesn't matter that much. Quinshawn Judkins is a monster. You know, I think he's at worst. Even if you just don't love Judkins for some reason, I can't imagine anyone having him lower than, like, Debbie RB6. Um, I could see arguments for him being the RB2. I personally have him kind of right in the middle there because – I do like Rocket a lot, and I like Singleton more than I like Judkins still. Um, and I think it's I you too. could put some of the uh, you could put some of the other twenty twenty three guys ahead of him, and it would make sense. But I could argue that either way. I think I'd probably put him at the QB at the RB three right now myself. Um, Point two hundred seventy four carries, one thousand five hundred sixty seven yards, sixteen touchdowns last year as a true freshman in the SEC. 15 catches, 5'11", 210. I mean, the dude is a star. I don't even think I need to go on about it very much. I think everyone knows he's a stud. Uh, he's a lock for round two in terms of Debbie, and he's a lock for 1,500 yards uh, for CFF, which, God, I mean, it's got to make him top five sort of running back, right? Um, so, uh, beast. Um yeah. The interesting new addition there is Kedrick Riscano, the RB8 for 247 in this class. He's stupidly athletic. He's just real fast. Um, I think they had him listed at just a little under 200 pounds, but I've also seen him listed closer to 200. So I'm not really worried about his size right now. I don't know if he's going to be a 215-pound guy, but uh, he's definitely in a range where he can get up to that like 205, 208 and be Debbie uh relevant right and i think the good thing is if they replicate what we saw last year there are significant carries available for him it's it's not just last year too it's been most of kiffin's tenure i mean like henry Parrish jr had a decent amount of carries behind ely and um whoever was behind evans the year before last was pretty involved as well i believe yeah yeah, pretty close. Uh, Stu Connor and uh, yeah, yeah, with the other guy. It was the other guy that was there. It was, uh, he might have the still been Parrish. Oh, Ely. Parrish. Oh, yeah, it was Snoop Connor and Ely. Ely. Yeah, and Ely. Yeah, they were the thing there. And Parrish was in the same class, but I think he was gone already that year. Um, any instance, uh, I won't be surprised if Riscano gets 200 carries. Right? I, I don't even think you give him 250, but I think you can project him for. You know, 200, uh, he could hit a 1,000-yard season this year. And, um, and I don't think it would be surprising. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't, I don't think you project him for that, but I think you project him for over 800 easily. Um, 
I think 200K yeah. should be surprising. Evans got like 230 last year, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously a different player, but like. Yeah. Is Zach, I think Zach Evans is better. <laughs> but, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, third year. Yeah, Zach Evans was more highly recruited a little bit. Um, I mean, Reese Cano could be that good. We don't know. We don't know much about him right now. So. Sure. I mean, if he doesn't get 200 carries, somebody else got significant work in that backfield. And um, I don't think there's any other really people on that talent level there. Uh, there's a, a transfer they got in. Kid's named Jam Griffin. He's a three-star. I didn't get that much into him, but he's the only other guy that even, like, touched the ball in the scrimmages. So, uh, and, and Reese Gano actually outperformed Judkins you, in the scrimmage. He Bentley is – there isn't he? Oh no, I'm looking at last. Yeah, he didn't get mentioned. I think he's still there. You're right. So he could be the RB two, but I don't know. I think Riscano's better. Um, they didn't mention him in the spring reports at all, though. Which is, but I don't believe he transferred. Um. Oh, never mind. I'd receiver. Yeah. I mean. Oh, lost John. is is Bentley healthy yet? He had a he had some injuries last year. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, why he's not. It wasn't discussed. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. He so he he could get him and Riscano could each get 110 carries, right? Like that that could also happen, and it wouldn't surprise me that much. Um, wide receiver, they lost Jonathan Mingo. They lost Malik Heath. Um, they brought in a host of transfers because there was no one else on the roster, really, that I even cared to talk about after those guys. Um, so the transfer that's gotten the most hype internally so far is Trey Harris, who went for 935 yards and 10 touchdowns at Louisiana Tech last year. 6'2", 205, he's a boundary guy. Probably slots in to like what Mingo was doing fairly well. Um, he had really good PFF grades, like an 80, which is pretty good. Uh, 2.36 yards per outrun. I mean, looks on paper, like he's a pretty good wide receiver. I haven't watched film on him. Uh, I am more interested in Zachary Franklin, uh, as is anyone that's played CFF because the dude is coming off his second consecutive thousand yard season. Uh, one 1136 and 15 last year at UTSA. Um, there hasn't been hype on him because he hasn't practiced yet. He's supposed to come back in September. So that might be a slow start for him too. If he's not even really practicing uh, until after the season started, he could be a factor as the season progresses. Um, but I, yeah, I don't think he's going to be a thing week one, week two, which is really disappointing. If you have him for, for CFF or CDC, uh, you're probably counting on him for 20 points per game uh, and you ain't going to get it. Uh, I don't think you're going to get him when he's healthy. Yeah, right. It's just, yeah, it's different, right? SEC. But um, but I don't know. I don't think there's – I don't think Trey Harris is necessarily more talented than Zachary Franklin. But, yeah, they'll probably spread the ball out. I just don't think they'll pass. Yeah, right. So, um, they also mentioned Jalen Knox, who transferred in from Missouri, but I couldn't find much about him, so I didn't spend so much time on it. Um, what I'm most interested in in terms of wide receivers is really the freshman – Aiden Williams, wide receiver 24, and I, I like him more than that, man. I got a lot of Williams. Just he was relatively cheap, you know, like eighth, ninth round. 
and has, in my opinion, like real upside. Uh, and there's just been like that steady drumbeat of hype about him. Um, I mean, I'm really interested in going and acquiring more shares than I have even. I, I think you can still get him cheap. And I think he is like going to get on the field this year, do some things. And next year, I think he really has the potential to be the guy there. Uh, and we know the guy in Elaine Kifkin offense can be uh, can be something, you know. He's been he's been feeding wide receivers to the NFL for for several years now, um, so I yeah you know I, I think he's in that mold. He was thirteen hundred yards his senior year, big guy, yak skills, outside wide receiver, had some routes, but definitely needs to develop it. But you know, smooth on the field, and again just constant drumbeat out of camp. And he led all wide receivers in the scrimmage, three catches, fifty five yards, but. I mean, this is nothing about good stuff. You haven't, I haven't heard anything not to love about Aiden Williams yet. In terms of watching film on these guys, I actually like Caden Lee more. I mean, Caden Lee fits that profile of a guy that's just fun to watch, man. He's He's got that just just the agility, just really refined route running for a high schooler. He was what he was good for 1113, uh, 1100 yards, 13 touchdowns his last year. I mean, if you like guys that are always open, you'll be indicatedly. And he was also good in the scrimmage, 46 yards and two catches. So I think they might have another really like dynamic duo there in the mold of DK Metcalf, Elijah Moore. I know those are lofty comps uh, to make for, for true freshmen, but I could see it playing out like that. And I love the cost on these guys. They are not expensive. And I really, I, 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 I personally don't see a huge difference between like, Aiden Williams and Shelton Sampson that goes six rounds earlier in supplementals. I know Keith Kyle will probably argue with me, but I personally think those guys are in tier. Therefore, I'm really interested in pursuing the cheap ones. Um, tight end is kind of a mess to me. I mean, uh, Michael Trigg was supposed to be a thing last year. It was going to be a thing. was getting drafted. Like, it was like a top three Debbie, White, uh, Debbie tight end. And then just was not a thing at all, crushed you if you were relying on him. And then they brought in this year the tight end transfer five, Caden Prescorn, uh, went for 600 yards, seven touchdowns last year, graded out well, 1.99 yards per out one, 7.1 yards after contact per reception. He was better than Michael Trigg in every single category uh, last year. So, Gosh, what's going on here? I don't know. I mean, I think it's Caden Prescorn, but they do like Trigg. Trigg can do some really nice things. He's big. He's athletic. So I feel like this isn't going to be a great situation for CFF, but I'm definitely a lot more interested in Prescorn than I am in Trigg. That's it. That's a little miss. What you got, Kyle? Where am I wrong? How poorly did you rank these guys? Um, Not that poorly. I think you're pretty high on Kedrick Riscano. I mean, the ceiling is there compared to Corum, a, a guy like Corum. Yeah, he gets drafted after those guys in supplementals, which might be more about CFF. But I, I personally would be like, if you offered me Damian Martinez straight up. For Kendrick Briscano in every league I have Briscano, I would take it. I would do the same thing for Jade Not. I want it. 
Yeah. You can win that one. Um, Jackson Dart sucks, so you have him ranked appropriately. Uh, yeah, I, I would prefer Aiden Williams. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's fair. I'd probably take him over Rodgers, too, but I, I, that's a fair range to have him in for sure. I, I like then, Noah yeah. Rodgers more if you take away the teams. If they were just oh, yeah, yeah, high yeah. school players, that's kind of why. Rodgers has gotten some hype out of camp, too, but it's just like it's tough to just get him in the lineup there, you know? Yeah. I'm still trying to rank. <laughs> Say you ain't even rank Jackson Dart. That's cold. I, yeah, I just don't expect him to be very good. Yeah, that seems fair. He's like JJ McCarthy, but he runs more. Yeah, I'm cool with all this. No need to rank any wide receiver there for CFF at all. Oh, they're they're down there. <laughs> uh, oh, you put some on. I have God. Franklin and Harris in the sixties. Yeah, that sounds right. You know what? They're they're useful at that cost in a best ball. A couple, of, you know, they'll each have some games, I would think. But all right, what do you got for us, Kyle? What do I got for us? It's a good question. Um, it is Arkansas. KJ Jefferson returns as the starting quarterback. He's probably, I think, he has a really good case for to be like the most proven quarterback in the SEC. Um, I mean, like there's, it's either him or Jaden Daniels, right? I mean, they're the only guys yeah. who are returning starters with good production. Um, he's six foot three, 247, just a massive human being. Um, last season, he completed about 66% of his passes for 2,636 yards, 24 passing touchdowns on just five interceptions. He ran for 640 yards in 158 carries and nine rushing touchdowns. I think KJ Jefferson's a good player. Um, a lot of people are, you know, saying he's the, an NFL guy, um, projecting him pretty highly in NFL, um, you know, mocks or whatever. It's not, I should say, it's not like the NFL mock draftnik types who are doing that. It's like kind of like the Debbie guys who are like excited about him that are kind of doing that. I don't really see it. I mean, he probably, he's definitely like, he's like a souped up Jalen Daniels, maybe. I think he's a little I better mean, he's than much him. bigger. Like, yeah. athletically, yeah. he's a big dude. And he's had some, he's had a lot more passing success than Jalen Daniels as well. He's yeah. Some, and he's efficient. on an offense that, like, isn't, doesn't seem like it sh he should. You know, right. his wide receivers I, I, haven't been I'm good or anything. Than most people on KJ Jefferson, like I can talk myself into him. I'm hesitant just because, like you said, the actual draft guys aren't that into him, and that can be telling when there's a big divide between us Debbie CFF guys and um, NFL draft guys because they're usually relying on like talking to other scouts, <laughs> right? Um, but I, look, man, I could see him being a guy that's a riser in draft season and gets round two draft capital. It happens every year. And I think Jefferson has as good a shot at it as anyone else because of the athleticism, because he's proven some things as a passer, not just with Burks, but was pretty efficient as a passer last year too. I mean, this isn't a 50% completion guy. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you his stats. I'm waiting for him to load up. What's his, um, what's his A dot? 
dude, 2022 stats, 68% completion percentage. Yeah. 8.8 yards per attempt. 24 to 5 touchdown to interception ratios. So, yeah, maybe it's not a high A dot, but like those are 9.1. 9.1 A dot. Um, so that's a little bit we like shorter, to see, but... yeah we, we we like to see over 10 but it's pretty good but the the efficiency combined with the rushing upside like I think he gets drafted on day two I would bet money on it right now I mean is that round three is it like 33 overall I don't know no. if he has you know cam Newton Anthony Richardson athleticism I don't think he's quite that good but that's like that's a very high standard. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean those are the guy in this. Those are the guys in this mold that were like top ten picks. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I, I can't unless he like does wild things this year. I can't get him in the top half of the first round. I could see him being like twenty eighth, twenty ninth overall. Anything higher than that, I would be really surprised at. I honestly, I think he's like a second round draft pick. I think he's like goes with like Hendon Hooker type place you know like injured Hendon Hooker you know second round third round I think that's where he belongs uh, but look man he's I could see I could see the rushing upside you know the resume getting him into the round one I wouldn't be surprised either way but yeah. I don't think I I'm not going to design a mock with him like there I do I do have some pause um and one of those is they lose their OC Kendall Bryles um Obviously, he was the son, the son of Art Bryles. I think Kendall Bryles is one of the, um, despite the controversy and totally different conversation there, um, I think Kendall Bryles is one of the better offensive minds in the country. And I think Arkansas was blessed to have him. And they change to former Maryland co-offensive coordinator Dan Enos, um, who wasn't very creative in Maryland. Uh, Kendall Bryles is very creative and uses his talent well, but I think this offense isn't going to be as exciting and as um, efficient, as creative. Um, I think KJ Jefferson will be fine, and I think Rocket will be fine, but I don't think the offense is going to be great. And that could mean a a lower completion percentage um, for – KG Jefferson. But like I said, I think Rocket will be fine. And Rocket Sanders, um, that we're about to talk about, is a rising junior this year. Last season, as a true sophomore, he had 222 rushing attempts, 1,443 yards, and 10 rushing touchdowns. Added 28 receptions, 271 yards, and two touchdowns. He is six foot two, 242 has legit, like, wide receiver ability, um, like, great hands, good routes, um, can run the ball, is a massive human being. He's an elite athlete at that size. I mean, guys he's, like, similar to in terms of athleticism and size are, like, Derrick Henry, Arian Foster, David Johnson. Um, surprisingly, looking at that list, Caden Fegan was on it, too since we just talked like about that. him a little earlier. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rocket Sanders, I think he's a Debbie RB1 to me personally. 
Um, oh, I can get on board with that. Uh, me too. I thought you'd play me. <laughs> and um, definitely the RB1 in this year's class, no doubt. Um, behind him, Rashad Dubinian, I think is a decently interesting player. Uh, last year as a true freshman, he had 71 rush attempts, 293 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns, added 12 receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. He's five foot 10, 216, so he has requisite size. Um, he uh, had a bigger role in the bowl game last year, 112 uh, rushing touch, rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in that game alone. Um, so I think he's a pretty interesting Devi guy for like next year after Sanders is gone, obviously. Um, AJ Green is also still at Arkansas. He was a sophomore last season and had 87 carries, 414 yards, three touchdowns, along with six receptions for 75 yards. Um, he's all right, I think. Um, not kind of special or anything, but all right. And then they bring in a freshman at the running back position as well, Isaiah Augustav, Augustave. I don't know if the, the E is fancy or not, but it might be Augustav too. I don't know where the uh, the emphasis is in his name. Um, I read it Augustave. That's how I read it. <laughs> but he's six foot two, 195, been clocked at 21.7 miles per hour. Um, this is another type of running back who as a freshman, like the size, the speed is there. The running back ability, maybe, kind of, maybe there. Um, he played in like a wishbone wing T offense in high school, um, had one high school reception, so um, completely unproven as a pass catcher. But he is very athletic, very big, and runs very quickly and very fast. The wide receiver room at Arkansas, they lose pretty much everybody. I mean, Jadon Hazelwood was there last year. He went to the NFL. Trey Knox was there last year. He's at South Carolina now. Um, they don't really have a returning pass catcher who did much last year, who really did anything last year. So they bring in a crap ton of transfers. Um, the three of them that will probably be on the field – even though Eric is getting mad at me in the show notes because I'm about to actually talk about them. Um, Isaac Tesla, Tesla. I don't know. It's T E S L double a, but the S is capitalized for some reason. So Good luck. I'm guessing yeah. it's Tesla <laughs> um, is a uh, rising senior and a transfer from D to Hillsdale college. He is six foot four two ten. He had offers in this uh, transfer portal from Colorado, Texas A&M, Baylor, and Ole Miss. I mean, Power 5 programs, um, Power 5 programs that definitely needed wide receiver help, but Power 5 programs nonetheless. Um, last season, he had 68 receptions, 1,325 yards, and 15 receiving touchdowns. And he's been the talk of, you know, spring practice at Arkansas. I mean, I think they brought in three transfers that are worth taking a look at, but I think Tesla is the uh, best of the three and has proven to be the best of the three to the Arkansas staff. I think he definitely has a role in this offense. I don't know how important that is, but I do think he is um, the uh, wide receiver one for Arkansas this year. 
And then they also bring in Andrew Armstrong, who is a also a rising redshirt senior from FCS uh, Texas A&M Commerce. Um, six foot four, two oh five. So also a, a just a tall wide receiver. He was he last well as a sophomore he had sixty two receptions, one thousand twenty yards, and thirteen touchdowns, and an eighty five point eight receiving grade on PFF. So pretty impressive there. Um, that's good for two point seven nine yards per route run. Um, he he did things with the ball after he caught it, seven point nine yards after the catch per reception. Um, pretty impressive stat line, although lower tier of competition. And at six foot four, two hundred five, he had a contested catch percentage of only twenty six point seven. That's a red flag for me for a guy who's six foot four. Um, not great. Yeah, not great. And then they also bring in Tyrone Broden from Bowling Green. He is a uh, going to his fifth season. He's six foot seven, what? and he's, he's only one ninety seven. Um, Jesus Christ. So he'll catch touchdowns, I think, for Arkansas and probably not much else. Um, he's not really a great wide receiver, but he's a little interesting. And then the two guys who actually have recruiting pedigree on this in this wide receiver core. First of all, I think the more important of the two is Isaiah Sategna. He's a redshirt freshman this year, was the wide receiver 21 per 24-7 in last year's class. Five foot eleven, one seventy eight. Um, didn't do really anything last season. I think he had three catches um, in total. But it sounds like he will be the starting slot wide receiver. Um, a lot of that has to do with everyone else be on the roster being like six foot four, and him not being six foot four, <laughs> and actually like being able to move quickly and get out of breaks and whatnot. So. Um, so Tegna likely the starting slot, um, kind of interesting, decent top end speed, ran track in high school. Um, but I don't have a ton of faith personally. And then Sam Mbake was also in last year's class at wide receiver. I don't, I don't think he did anything last year either. He like switched to corner halfway through the season cause everybody at corner was hurt. So like, um, they needed the body, so he was going to play corner. And then um, he's going back to wide receiver this season. Sam Pittman did say he'll be on the field as much as anyone at the wide receiver position. So to me, I think that just means that all five of them are going to play 50% snaps. <laughs> um, or something like that. I don't know. Mbake was interesting to me last season. It's like a big, fast body wide receiver. And then they didn't do anything, so I, I think he's toast. I mean, I dropped him anywhere I had him before supplemental season kicked off. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I read a lot of beat reports in the spring, and there were some people fired up about Sategna still, which made me keep him rostered, but I didn't, like, acquire any other shares, and he got dropped in a lot of leagues. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there were people who were like, oh, we can't wait to get him on the field. And I think there was, like – injury stuff like early last year he definitely wasn't injured for the full season but i think it was like oh it's trouble getting up to speed because of that and, but i mean Sategna um was just like absurdly productive in high school like wild amounts of production to the point where like um some people will look at it high school production in terms of fantasy points right and it was 
it was an absurd amount that put him in an elite cohort um, of guys that like all went on to the NFL. So whatever, worth keeping him on the 45th slot this year to see what happens. But yeah, sure. tough to get fired up uh, about the year one zeros. Uh, the tight end room, Lee loses pretty much everybody. I mean, I mentioned Trey Knox with the wide receivers, but really he's a tight end. Um, he's gone. They're, 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 they didn't really have anything really behind him. So they bring in a transfer from North Texas, Varkey's Gums. He is six foot three, two forty two. Um, last year, as a redshirt freshman, he went had thirty four receptions, four hundred fifty eight yards, and five touchdowns, and was a second team freshman All American, fifteenth in the country in yards at tight end at North Texas. I think he is an interesting CFF asset at Arkansas. Um, as somebody who will catch passes in this offense, Devi is a little bit of a tougher sell for me as he is six foot three. That's a little small for a tight end, but I mean, if it works out for CFF, it probably works out that he goes to the NFL if he's a good CFF producer at an SEC school. Um, and then the other guy on the roster already who's interesting is redshirt freshman Ty Washington. He caught a touchdown in last year's bowl game, kind of came on um, late and gained, played a little bit last season. He's had some hype from the coaches in the spring and the fall. So maybe interesting name to watch, but I, I'm not totally sold on it. Just figured I'd bring it up. And then they bring in two freshmen. First of all is Luke Haas, Hossie, I believe, Haas, H-A-S-Z. Um, he was the tight end 12 on 24 seven, six foot three, 225. Um, so a guy who's probably too small for like a true inline tight end blocking and receiving type role, but he has top end speed to hurt defenses in the seams. He's a matchup problem for linebackers. Um, he had 35 receptions, 597 yards and nine touchdowns as a senior in Oklahoma last year. I mean, that's, what, like 16, 15, 16 yards a catch. So um, definitely a receiving tight end who I think could be a future CFF option. Not completely. In the spring they were saying, in the spring they were saying he was the locked in starter. Yeah. I don't know if that's I think Gums. I think Gums was a late addition. So maybe. Um, So yeah, I think, I think him and him and Gums will be on the field. And that's definitely, if he is the locked-in starter as a true freshman, that's definitely a um, definitely worth taking note of. And then Shamar Easter also headed to Arkansas as an athlete, was ranked as the 13th-rated athlete in the class by 24-7, going to play tight end. He's a freak. He was on um, 24-7's freak list. Um, high upside type guy, six foot five, two twenty-five. Um only 225 obviously needs to get in an SEC weight program and will just become even bigger and possibly more freakier. I like Shamar Easter, but I there is a lot of projection, I think. so. Well, and it's just tough because you get two good players on the depth chart in front of you. Yeah. And Gums does technically have three years of eligibility. So. Right. That could literally be how it plays out. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Um, I uh, I did not rank anyone for CFF. Oh, I did. I put Tesla 
as our wide receiver, whatever, like 78 oh. or something like that. Yeah, 78. I won't argue anything. I don't and I did rank Sategna for Debbie. Oh, and I you did rank Jacoby Criswell too. I didn't bring him up. I think Jacoby Criswell's a good quarterback. He transfers in from North Carolina this year. Obviously not going to have the starting job, but moving on to next year when Jefferson's gone, I, I like Criswell as a quarterback. Yeah. And I know I, the Jefferson rating might be ranking might be high, but I don't see a lot of difference between him and Bo Nix, except the hype machine, like in what they've done on the field. Um, Jefferson has done a lot more earlier in his career than Bo Nix did. Obviously Nix went nuclear last year, but Nix, Yeah. Through the air had a lot more production, obviously last year. Once he got to Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Once he got to Oregon with a, Good, good coordinator, but I mean, I don't know. I could put him anywhere between there and after Jalen Daniels, but uh, and then I, I wasn't sure. Like Rocket was the returning uh, RB five in points per game at twenty point seventy two. He was ahead of C. Bangura, um, who's behind Corum, Steel, EJ Smith. But I just feel like his role is so rock solid that. I mean, you could talk me into putting Aliyah ahead of him, but yeah, I mean, obviously those three guys who finished above him, we all have we have reasons to knock him down. Obviously, EJ Smith, points per game god, but only played in a few games. Um, yeah, Corum coming off the injury, we think he'll have uh, less of a role, not be the locked in, locked in starter. And Carson Steele transfers up to UCLA and doesn't even seem to have the starting job. So, yeah, I would so agree with where you have him. Yeah, so Rocket, Debbie RB1, CFF RB2, KJ Jefferson, uh, what's that make him like? QB6, sounds right. Uh, yeah, you got anything to fight me on? Um, If Daniels runs the same amount he did last year, he's above Jefferson, isn't he? Uh, I... Thought that Jefferson shipping? actually has a higher points per game last year. Let me look. Oh, he does. A lot. He does. Yeah, twenty-seven point nine nine, as opposed to twenty-four. Daniels. I think the thing is that Jaden Daniels played the full season and had that full game. So honestly, we might even have Daniels too high. Maybe he should go behind like Dequan. Oh, Jalon or Jaden? Oh, Jaden. <laughs> um, I, I feel like Jalon should be behind Jefferson too. Be cool if that me putting Jefferson ahead of Jalen Daniels. I think Jalen Daniels has more, more boom games because he plays more bad opponents. That's fair. I don't know. Leave that alone. You're like, a monkey yeah. around. You're a monkey around with it. I'm going <laughs> to launch into uh, my final team here, and then there's a team we shared, but we're trying to make this less than a three-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> I still have one full team, too. <laughs> I know. But these ones will go quick because we did the big ones first. We did the teams of all the Debbie pieces first. So, yeah. Uh, I got Texas A&M here. Um, 
We, we didn't do the teams with all the Debbie pieces because we still have AM. The well, SEC West is just good. God, it's a heck of a lot less pieces than like LSU or um, uh, Alabama were. But um, so, you know, AM's been what it is for a long time. Last year, threw the ball a little bit more. Um, and I think that came from some pressure uh, to Jimbo Fisher from boosters and, and school, et cetera. Um, he stepped back from calling plays at the end of the year, which sounds like a good thing until you hear who he hired, uh, which is Bobby Petrino. Uh, so Petrino's had some moments of success. He was Lamar Jackson's coach at Louisville, obviously a stellar season there. Um, and yet right now he's been coaching at an FCS level. Um, you know, he had one of the worst head coaching seasons in NFL history with the Falcons in 2007, which you can't hang all on him. He had Michael Vick, Vick got suspended and they just shipped his backup away for some reason right before that as well. But, um, I, I don't know. The guy's got a ton of experience, so we'll see what happens. I, I don't think it can really be much worse than Jimbo Fisher. And I have some faith in the talent here to prevail. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Petrino's a bad OC. I think he's a bad person, and that's why his hiatus has happened. Because all that stuff that happened at Arkansas was not great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. His, his he doesn't have a lot of like glowing seasons on his resume either. I read through, read through the Wikipedia. I mean, obviously he had some success, but he had a lot of low moments as well. Even <laughs> just as a coach, controversy notwithstanding. Um, so, anyways, Connor Wegman QB one. Um, he was the two four seven QB three last year. Six two two oh eight. Uh, I'm a big Wegman fan. I think. Um, higher on him than the vast majority of people. Uh, not me. I mean, I'm not the vast no, majority No, I mean, that looks right. Then. I think you could, we could argue him and JJ McCarthy, but McCarthy's getting the draft, um, getting draft, getting mocked highly already. I think Wegman will by the time we're halfway through the season. Um, wait, is Wegman a season behind McCarthy? No, Wegman, yeah, Wegman's a sophomore. Got it, got it, got it. So, um, Look, 6.8 yards per attempt is fine for a freshman. Eight touchdowns to zero interceptions. I mean, that gets me excited uh, in five games. Uh, eight touchdowns in five games, not great. But eight to zero TD interception ratio is what you want to see from a young guy. They clearly told him, don't get in trouble with the ball, and he did not get in trouble with the ball. He did make some highlight-worthy plays from time to time, some nice you know, throws to the opposite hatch, things like that. Uh, I mean, I like everything I've seen from him. And in terms of uh, objective uh, measurements to some degree, he's the third most highly graded QB in the class right now after Drake May, Drake May and Quinn Ewers. Um, he, I don't know why they have Ewers classified there, but whatever. Oh, he is in that uh, class? I don't know. Oh, PFF had him in there. I'll find no. out. We'll keep talking. I'll find no. out. No, no, no. He got drafted with Devin Brown in that class. That was just last year, right? Yeah. Class of 2022. Yeah. yeah. PFF has their classes. They're a mess when you're sorting them. But anyways, they had him just after May and Ewers in, in QB rating and like what they considered, I think, the 2025 class. 
Um, so look, I, I'm in on him for Debbie. I think he's acquirable. I don't think people are like crazily high on him. And, and, and I think he's at worst the QB three in that class right now. I mean, to me, it looks like he's a top half of the first round guy from what we've seen so far. Obviously it's pretty far from now to that draft, but uh, I, w- I would bet on it. And, and I will do so with moves in, in CTC. If anyone's out there and you want to trade, come at me with some offers. Um, they brought a three-star backup in, in the portal. And they have a freshman, Marcel Reed. Uh, he's a QB 20 in this class that I don't really know much about, but there's freshmen there. Um, running back, obviously one of the strengths of AM Historically, they've been a feeder school for the NFL. Uh, I mean, A-Chain last year was phenomenal. Uh, got day two capital despite not looking like what you expect an NFL running back to look like the year before Spiller got round four, round five capital, something like that. Um, so it looks like right now, Amari Daniels, who would be a third year player and Le'Veon Moss are about splitting uh, first team reps, kind of going back and forth. Amari Daniels took some, uh, in some of the earlier practices, Le'Veon Moss, uh, led in the most recent practice that I can find reports on Moss 511 200 is a prospect kind of an all-around guy I mean he had some decent tape um, Amari Daniels RB19 in 2021 smaller guy 58 200 but look we've seen they do not care about that like if you're the best running back they will throw you out there um, you know and Moss was good in the spring game he left early with an injury um, but you know he had some nice moments uh, on film there I think the guy to be excited about is Ruben Owens, uh, the RB2 in this class, uh, 5'11", 190s recruit, probably the most talented player there. Just I feel like this is the same as Haynes at Alabama, except with less blockades in his way. Like he could easily surpass Moss by next year, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that'll happen. I think Levia Moss is going to be a decent player. Maybe he's got some late round type appeal for the NFL. Maybe he goes off this year, but I I wouldn't bet on that. But I am absolutely betting on Ruben Owens as, you know, a day two type running back for the NFL. Just, you know, his his tape's really good. There's, you know, very consensus to have him as a top two running back in this class or a top three running back behind Baxter and Haynes, depending on how you split those hairs. Um but yeah, probably more of a 2024 asset for CFF purposes. So I don't think you got to rank him there, but uh, just it, it, typically they have not used a committee. So I think one of Moss or Daniels is going to be useful for CFF. I just wouldn't know who to say it is right now. I think Moss has a little more of a typical workhorse profile but on a lot of the beats seem to say the name daniels first so i think we'll have to wait and see on that one but uh i think they're both worth a shot in cff at cost which is not much um, so wide receiver shockingly maybe the most fun thing to talk about at AM, and that's not a thing we've said about AM very often recently um you got Evan Stewart, who is arguably the wide receiver one in this class. Uh, I think he is for me, and no one else has done anything to take that away from him. And he was my wide receiver one coming in. 
I just, you know, watching the kids' high school tape, I saw Garrett Wilson, I saw body control, I saw length, uh, you know, playing way bigger than than he actually is. Um, I think he's got some serious talent. And we saw that last year. Uh, true freshman, 53 catches, 649 yards, two touchdowns, leading the team in receiving as a true freshman. Um, you know, his peripherals weren't mind-blowing, but he had a top eight yards per out run top seven PFF grade in the class. Um, I mean, I I'm a huge fan. I just traded like an NFL running back for him. It was like Eckler for Stewart and some change in one of my leagues and that I wasn't really competitive on the NFL side and wanted to make a move. And, you know, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, he's an outside guy. Um, horrendous drop rate. 14% is like mind blowingly bad. I do often think there's correlation between a bad drop rate and a bad QB. And as much as I like Wegman, Wegman was not the QB there for most of the season last year. It was uh, Hudson Card, if I recall correctly. No, and Max Johnson. Max Johnson. No. No. Haynes King. No. Haynes, Haynes King. King. Yeah. Haynes King played more than Max Both Johnson. Of them were on so, the roster, yeah. No one good. <laughs> So that I'm hopefully you can improve on that a little bit because that's going to be, you know, a ding on the stats if you just can't convert a lot. Um, Moose Mohammed's the other guy there that I think is interesting. Could well be a Debbie guy. Obviously a little bit on the lower end of the tier, but he's been good. He's been a good wide receiver. Uh, he's 76 PFF grade, 38 catches, 609 yards, 44 touchdowns. Uh, he's a slot guy, 87% slot rate, uh, but 5.3 yak. Uh, per reception. I mean, that's a good number, you know. Um, I, I just, you're a slot only guy. You're not a superstar. You're probably a day three pick, but I would bet on that for Moose Muhammad, you know, and him having some kind of role at the next level. Um, He's a guy who's remind, like the way we talked about Isaiah Williams at Illinois, where yeah. like the NFL will like him. I think he's like an SEC version of that. Um, yeah, I, I do think he could be like a round three pick. Um, could be. I won't be shocked. The The numbers look good and numbers look good on an offense. that has been bad. Always, I think, carry some extra weight for me um, to complicate things. And Smith is coming back. He was hurt last year. He was the, the wide receiver one the year before with uh, 564 yards. He is like a hybrid type, but not just a gadget guy. I mean, he plays wide receiver, but he also takes significant carries on the ground. Uh, in 2021, it was 49 carries for 293 rushing yards. I mean, that's not just jet sweeps. That is like you're playing some backfield snaps. He's so uh, so, fast. so fast, yeah, like blazing. Uh, 5'10", 190, so he's not tiny either. I mean, that is adequate size for a wide receiver. So. I don't know what to do with Anaya Smith. I don't know what he does to this room. Uh, I mean, does he play outside? Does he push Moose Muhammad outside? Um, gosh, he's going to be on the field, you know. Um, I still think Stewart is gets the, the most of the receiving share just because I think he's a next-level talent compared to any of these guys. But Anaya Smith's a guy that could have some Debbie potential. I mean, every year we see these guys. Gadget guys get drafted, and I think Anaya Smith has more skill than a lot of those guys. Um, 
So I certainly would pencil them in for at worst uh, day three capital. Um, but, you know, he could have a good season and, and be around for a guy. Um, you know, with his speed, he could be a early guy. Just would really have to go nuclear this year to do that. He hasn't done enough, in my opinion, to justify like a round two draft pick. Um, unless he, you know, goes crazy this year. And and honestly, the problem here is they're just not going to throw the ball that much, probably, because uh, Jimbo Smith will have uh, – Jimbo Fisher Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher <laughs> will have an aneurysm if they throw the ball 500 times. Um, just – this is not going to happen, you know. Um, they also – I also saw a lot of mention of the name Noah Thomas, uh, who is another guy from last year's class, 6'5", 195. Just repeated mentions of Noah Thomas, breakout star, Noah Thomas, going to crack the rotation. Um, so he's maybe a guy to watch out for. He definitely brings something really different than the other wide receivers do, and that's just size. Um, so maybe he's an end zone package type guy. Maybe he turns into a real thing next year after, you know, Smith moves on and Mohammed moves on. Um, but, you know, definitely a guy to watch list, I think. And they brought in some freshmen to run in one transfer. There's no one I cared about that much. Michael Tease, athlete number five, 6'0", 180. Didn't bother to watch any film. Transfer Jordan Anthony. Jordan Anthony was the athlete number 25 in last year's class, but he had a little bit of hype behind him. He got drafted in some supplementals, um, just going into a room that was pretty empty with a diverse skill set. So I don't expect either one of those guys to matter that much, but they are guys that are in the room. And then uh, tight end, I think there's some serious talent here. I mean, A&M has had a good history of, of feeding tight ends to the NFL. I think the guy is Donovan Green. He had 22 catches as a true freshman. He's got the proper size. He's a two-way tight end. He can block. I think he's the guy there, and I think he's a Debbie tight end. Probably a pretty decent one, honestly. Um, I mean, 22 catches as a true freshman in that offense, to me, is somewhat impressive. Uh, and he's a guy that that role probably grows as his uh, you know career continues. He was not the most highly ranked tight end recruit last year. That was Jake Johnson, who was the tight end three. Got hurt. Is back. Will probably play, and then this year they brought in the tight end for Jaden Platt. So a lot of bodies there. I think it's Green and everyone else, both for Debbie and for CFF. And I don't know if I care about Green for CFF. He's probably more like a desperation, like backup type guy. I just don't think he's going to have more than you know eight points per game. But uh, it probably has some actual Debbie upset. You got anything else on A and M, Kyle? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, who do you think wins the running back job? You think Moss? I think Moss, yeah, if I had to bet. But the beat reports I, I read today worth, made me nervous. I think the starting running back's worth more than where I have him ranked, but I don't yeah, know for sure. Yes, it is. for sure. Uh, dude, someone's going to go for a 1,000 yards or damn close if it's a committee. You know what I mean? There is a new OC, Jimbo Fisher, supposedly not allowed to touch the offense, honestly, is the way it was, like, framed, that, like, he's literally not allowed to touch it. So who knows? But he's always had a workhorse, man. 
Yeah, that seems fair. Those guys are all good there. Christ, I even like Crosby and stuff, though, too, you know? Yeah. All right. All right, let's get through Auburn. And that's what that's what a lot of football fans are going to be saying this year when they watch these games. So that's what like Auburn little... is saying this year. Let's get through this season. And yeah. maybe let's get through next season, too. Um, but Hugh Freeze, I think, is a good answer for Auburn. I mean, I think they're recruiting at a high level already. So um, as long as he's not cheating this time, you know, we'll see. Um, <laughs> the uh, quarterback battle this year for Auburn, um, Peyton Thorne transfers in for Michigan State, and they're still um, in a battle with three quarterbacks right now. Uh, Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford, who started most of last season, and redshirt freshman Holden Gariner. Um, it seems to be Thorne leading the way with Ashford behind him. Um, I don't really know what to make of Gariner. I don't really know if he's actually in this competition or if he's just in this competition in the way that the coaches want him to stay around. I'm not totally mm-hmm. sure. Um, but Hugh Freeze said he would um, bring it down to two quarterbacks um, by the 10th day of fall camp. And today is the 10th day of fall camp. And what he said today was he thought he made a decision and then he changed his mind. So still no decision. We're waiting for, you know, the white smoke to come out of Auburn's to know that there's a new quarterback or a new Pope, but whatever. Um, it's going to be, even, it's going to be, it's going to be Thorne, man. Do we even care? Um, I don't at all. Yeah. Yeah. Peyton Thorne last season, 62.5% completion percentage, 2,679 yards, 19 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Not really very good. Um, Playing with better weapons than he will at Auburn. Um, Robbie Ashford, I think if he does win a starting job, it's a little interesting for CFF just for him because he did rush for 710 yards last year and seven touchdowns on 153 attempts. So I think that is a little interesting. Um, I think the best player on this offense in terms of Devi and just the best player on this offense, period, is Jarquez Hunter, who will take over for Tank Bigsby as the running back one. Last season, he, as the RB2, had 104 rush attempts, 668 rushing yards, and seven rushing touchdowns, 17 receptions for 224 yards and two touchdowns. Um, To end the season, he had three straight 100-yard games against Texas A&M, Western Kentucky, and Alabama. Um, in those games, he had 13 carries, 13 carries, and 11 carries. So he was just uber efficient. Um, and that's kind of just been the story of Jarquez Hunter is that he's uber efficient um, behind Tank Bigsby. We'll see how he steps into a role without Tank Bigsby. It'll be interesting to see. But just to highlight that efficiency, last year, 23 of his 104 carries went for more than 10 yards, and 12 of them went for more than 15 um, so big play threat, five foot ten, two twelve is requisite size. Um, and his stat line in his first season was good too. I mean, eighty nine carries, five hundred ninety three yards, and three touchdowns as a true freshman two years ago. I liked our quest Connor quite a bit, um, but there is some cause for concern. I mean, obviously we don't know what he'll look like as the RB one taking most of the snaps. Um, He's had some 
legal-ish issues. I don't really want to call them legal issues. They're sort of legal issues, but not. they're not horrible. They're bad. I thought everything not. blew over. And it seems to have blown over. Um, he is back at practice now. I'm still worried he's going to get a one or two game suspension, but I don't think he'll get suspended for the entire season like we may have been worried about before. They also bring in Brian Batty from South Florida, who was a uh, great CFF producer last year and is now dead for that. Um, uh, he doesn't even seem to have the RB2 job, so um, rest in peace, Brian Batty. Redshirt freshman Damari Alston is the guy who's gotten the hype while Hunter has been gone from practice. Um, he's a 5'10", 205, former three-star he ran on 11.37 100-meter dash as a junior in high school, which isn't great, but that's a junior in high school, so maybe he's gotten faster. Freeze called him one of the leaders of the team and one of the leaders of the rock of the locker room. Um, they have this thing called the Culture Council, and he was elected unanimously. Um, so I think Damari Austin is a guy to watch out for in the long term. Um, I think he'll be the RB2 this year, but could maybe even take over the role completely next season if Hunters go pro. And then they actually did bring in one good freshman this year um, in terms of offensive weapons, um, which is surprising considering it's just hard to recruit in a uh, turnover season. They bring in Jeremiah Cobb, who was the RB11 on 24-7. Um, he's 5'11", 185, so a little thin right now, but has time to get bigger. Uh, clocked at 21.5 miles per hour, which is plenty fast. Um, he got some snaps at wide receiver in high school, had 50 receptions in his high school career, so he has the ability to catch the football as well as run the football. Kind of a one-cut runner type guy. Um, sees holes very well and will uh, we'll get better. Um, Hugh Freeze called him a really good player, said he's just a baby, but he's going to be a really good player. I think we've got a solid room at running back. And then wide receiver is very similar to Arkansas in the fact that we have a bunch of transfers that probably don't matter, um, but I'll get you some names and a little bit of backstory. Shane Hooks transfers in from Jackson State after Dion left for Colorado. He used to be at Ohio before that. Um, last season at Jackson State, 64 receptions, 748 yards, and 10 touchdowns, 1.77 yards per route run. Not very good. He um, Or not fantastic. Um, I think he's a fifth-year senior now, six foot four, one ninety-one, projected to be the uh, wide receiver one in this offense. Not worth your time, but projected to be the wide receiver one. Jair Shorter from North Texas is the other guy who's kind of challenging for that role. He's six foot two, two oh nine, had twenty-three receptions last year for six hundred and twenty-five yards. That's like, and over twenty yards per catch. Um, and 11 touchdowns. He had 2.63 yards per route run last season. He's in his sixth collegiate season this year. Um, has a career mark of 22.7 yards per catch, which is pretty um, impressive, but he's more of just a deep threat, obviously. Um, Nick Marner transfers in from Cincinnati. He's six foot six, 190. He broke out for Hawaii back in 2021 with 46 catches, 913 yards, and five touchdowns. And then um, didn't really do anything at Cincinnati last year. So um, not super excited for Mardner. I would have loved to see him do something last year, but I, I think he's done in terms of uh, any potential. And then the one guy who transferred in that I think may be interesting is Caleb Burton. He transfers in from Ohio State. He 
was a freshman last year who um, didn't see the field at all, but obviously recruited by Ohio State, so high four-star, uh, low five-star type guy. He's been praised at Auburn for his work ethic. He's 5'11", 169, has good hands, good speed, and good contested catchability, um, like a true ex-wide receiver type guy. Um, I think uh, in the long run, I think Caleb Burton might actually be worth something um, compared to these other guys. And then um, one last guy at wide receiver is true sophomore Jay Fair. Um, he had two receptions for 34 yards last year, but um, everything seems to be – the coaches have been very um, – very uh, have, said, have said good things about him all offseason. Uh, one of the coaches is quoted as saying, I think he's playing with a lot more confidence. He's playing a lot faster, being decisive in his decisions. He's always had good hands. You know, He's not scared of anything. So if it's catching balls across the middle, he doesn't mind it. He put the ball out there on the edges with him and any type of screen or whatever. He's a step away from breaking it. He's a very athletic wide receiver um, and willing to uh, play in a kind of a slot role. I think Jay Fair is a guy to watch list. I mean, if he takes a step, there might be something there. And then my second favorite player at Auburn after Jarquez Hunter is this transfer tight end from Florida International, Rivaldo Fairweather. He is six foot four, 251, and just an insane, superb athlete. Um, hasn't proven much, but the FIU offense has not been anything special in any way. Um, last year, he had 28 receptions, 430 yards, and three touchdowns, with eight receptions, 156 yards, and all three touchdowns coming in the final game of the season against Middle Tennessee State. Um, already spent three years at FIU. But he's just the type of guy who you're looking at every single year, and it's like, when's he going to put it together? Because he's big-bodied, uh, fast, and just has everything you want in a tight end, just hasn't really put it together. And if he puts it together in the SEC, you're looking at a guy who's going to get drafted. So, Anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, I think Jarquez Hunter's the real deal. His, like, peripherals are awesome. He's a tackle breaker. Uh, he looks good on film. He's got burst. I wasn't sure if he was fast, and I watched him film, and I think he's pretty damn fast, man. Um, yeah. So yeah, He jumped I, over um, a dude one time, like completely jumped over him against Penn State yeah. as a freshman. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a legit athlete. There's a reason he was pushing Tank Bigsy for snaps as a freshman, yeah. and it's that he is – a good player. I think he has that same type of NFL draft pro projection as Bigsby. Although I was surprised that Bigsby uh, made it into the top 100. I really had him more as like an early fourth round pick, but yeah, that didn't make I, sense to me either. Yeah. Draft, 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 you know, the uh, scouts saw something and frankly, I think Hunter could well be better. I, Bigsby had great hands. Honestly, he didn't catch that much at Auburn, but his freshman year, he caught a lot of passes and like, did some really great stuff after the catch. I think that's really what like got him on scouts radars. Um, I haven't seen that from Hunter yet. So that could be the difference between Hunter being a day two running back and a day three running back. It's like, you're really going to bring something to the table that separates yourself from the other 20 running he backs. Did, he did five. catch uh, 17 passes last year. So that's not that ain't bad. Nothing. You know, we'll see what happens this year, you know? Um, and then I'll just say I'm I'm high on Alston. 
um, Damari Olsen, you know, you got shout outs from the beats. And when I did my kind of early season um, returnees data scouting, Alston popped in like multiple categories of thresholds I was looking at, which were like EPA per play, like yards created, things like that. He popped in several categories. So I grabbed him um, in several supplementals he was available in. Um, I do think he's like the next up over Jeremiah Cobb personally. Yeah, I think there's a lot to uh, like about Cobb though. So I could see it being a, a split. It's got a lightning and thunder thing, but they've been using two backs. So I think there's room for that. You know, I think Alston gets some significant carries this year. Cobb might get some. And then next year, Hunters. I mean, freeze. Well, Freeze last year, I know it was just like it was just Day Day, right? I mean, that's true. Um, Might feel different about it in the SEC, but. Um, Running back. Day Day Hunter was RB32 last year, 17.8 points per game. Um, But other than that, Freeze usually has a committee. Um, And obviously, he's a guy who loves to use his quarterback in the run game. Uh, a la Malik Willis, Chad Kelly type guys. So that's probably why he's still I considering. Don't, yeah, Rashford. Yeah. yeah. If Peyton Thorne's the quarterback, then I think that's better for Hunter than for the running backs. Yeah. Yeah. For pass catching, right? Probably they'll be more efficient if it's Ashford, but they'll get more passing game work if it's Thorne. I did brought mm-hmm. Thorne in for a reason. Ashford's not the you know, solution for them and they need to put a good product out on the field so that they can recruit well this year is what I think. So yeah. I think he's a competent college back college QB and he's, you know, he's going to at least get some moderate production out of the offense. Whereas I think Ashford's just all over the place, but you're right. If Ashford gets the job, then he's, yeah, he's startable probably for CFF. People said that last year though. And then it really wasn't, didn't work out too great. He's watchable for CFF, I think. <laughs> All right. Anything else here? No. Let's get this. Cool. Let's get this done, kids. So Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Last but not least, or maybe least. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. So um, first of all, first of all, rest in peace to a legend. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. Yes. Mike Leach. I'm sad. Very, very sad. To coaching legend for sure. Uh, man has had as much influence on the college game uh, in this era as any quarterback, I would say. And we've seen that bleed through to the NFL as well. You got, you got mm-hmm. stuff on Leach? No, not much on Leach. But I, I, his replacement is going to be Zach Arnett, who was the DC for Mike Leach, actually. So um, don't expect the same Mike Leach offense in Mississippi State, and especially don't expect it because they hire Kevin Barbet as the office of coordinator. Um, he was at central Michigan from 2019 to 2021. And then was the app state OC last year. And um, Kevin Barbe is kind of the polar opposite of Mike Leach in Sounds terms of like play calling. Um, he's going to run the ball and then use the run to set up the pass. Whereas Mike Leach uses the pass to set up to run. Um, Quarterbacks under Barbe have not been good for CFF. Um, running backs have been – he's only had two seasons as a play caller. Uh, running backs at App State weren't good, but 
2021 at Central Michigan, he did coach Lou Nichols to a CFF RB1 season. So that's something to watch out for. Um, so less total pass volume, definitely. But also, it's going to be less spread out than it would be in an air raid offense. So maybe if one guy can separate themselves, it might be something worth watching. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, cool. So QBs, Will Rogers has been good. He's been a good college quarterback for several years now. 2021, he had an awesome season under Leach. 23.7 points per game. Last year, came back down to earth a little bit, which I think was more touchdowns than anything else. Still had some crazy volume. 610 attempts for 3,974 yards. Uh, obviously, as Kyle said, that is not going to happen this year. They are not going to throw the ball 600 times. So you can expect his pass attempts to come down by like at least 20%. Um, More than that, now, I think. The, yeah, right. I mean, but the efficiency should be more. I mean, 610 for 3974 is absurdly inefficient. That's five yards in attempt. That's bad, you know? Um, so I, I think that it's the type of passing is going to change. And, and I do think Rodgers is a good quarterback. He's accurate. He plays with anticipation. So I still think there's a lot of reasons to think he can succeed, but yeah, you're probably not going to get a great CFF performance out of him the way that you might have been hoping for, uh, you know, based on past seasons. I'm and not, then, I'm not sold on Rogers at all. I don't think he's any better than like Luke Falk. He used to well, play. I think for he's him. been good so far. But let's see, air raid, air raid quarterbacks are notoriously tough, right? Just you don't really get a good read on the skill set. Yeah. I mean, I've watched a ton of air raid, like dating back to Mike Leach at Washington State. Like Gardner Minshew popped, like in that offense. Other guys had similar production, but didn't. And Rogers is in other guys' category for me. Yeah. Um, so they do have a freshman. Uh, they got some hype. Chris Parsons, QB thirty-three. He's been impressive, uh, according to Beats. And they got transfer Mike Wright that I like from Vanderbilt. And this actually makes a lot more sense with the OC hire that I didn't really know about. But Mike Wright is like a true dual threat guy. He can run the ball very well. He's explosive. Needs to figure out the passing game. He's like a sub 60% passer right now. But if he can figure it out, man, this is a guy that's a CFF superstar. The stretch he had with Vanderbilt this year he was like a top 10 CFF quarterback for like a month. And then he, he got, got benched. Because he wasn't going to win games. It was fun when it lasted, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I like Parsons. Parsons is from Nashville. He, he was a good high school quarterback. Um, I think, I don't think Wright's anything in terms of Debbie. Or even like future. I mean, if he sees the field next year as the quarterback, he does have some CFF value. But um, I think if anything, he's just going to cannibalize uh, Will Rogers even more because I would bet they'd have a red zone package for him um, mm. to come in and snipe touchdowns. But we'll see. Yeah. If he gets the job and he plays well enough to get the job. He's going to be a valuable CFF absent, but that's a lot of ifs. Yeah, a lot of ifs. And then the running back room, um, 
I think Joe Quavius Marks is going to be a pretty interesting running back for CFF, especially if they're going to run the ball a lot, and I think they are. Uh, Marks has been splitting the backfield with Dylan Johnson for the past, past few years, and Dylan Johnson is now gone. Uh, Marks is 5'10", 210, had 532 rushing yards and nine touchdowns last year and added 45 receptions for 274 yards. Obviously, those 45 receptions probably won't happen again because that was an uh, air raid type deal. Um, but he seems to be the le- one of the leaders of the team. He attended SEC Media Days as a representative, um, obviously a senior. Um, I think he's in for one good final season for CFF. Um, Redshirt junior Kevon Lee transfers in from Penn State. I don't think he's necessarily a bad running back either. Um, he has 1,062 yards and six touchdowns in the last three seasons combined. Um, last season doesn't really count to that because he only played a few games and battled injuries for most of the year. Um, so I think he could be kind of interesting, could challenge Marks for the job, but it does sound like it will be Marks's job to lose. And then they bring in a freshman, Seth Davis, who is only rated as a three-star despite being a uh, spectacular um statistical standout um he rushed for 2570 yards and 34 touchdowns as a senior in texas 6a football um for katie texas um has a career mark of 9.7 yards per carry in high school good top end speed great burst a very slippery runner and part of the reason he's slippery and part of the reason he's a three star is because he's five foot seven 185, which honestly 185 is pretty big for five foot seven, but um, it's fine. Five foot, five foot seven is short. Um, yeah, little guy, little guy. You know what? Little guy could be fun. Could do it. That's true. Why not Seth Davis? Uh, somebody to Bobby watch Cat League, as right? a three star. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, definitely interested. I think Joe Quavius is pretty damn good too. You know, mm-hmm. so see what happens there. So wide receiver, I put a very low amount of effort into this because they just <laughs> haven't had a good wide receiver in the past couple of years. But here's the names and the order they were mentioned by the Pete's: Justin Robinson, Tutu Griffin, Jaden Wally, who has at times had Debbie hype and um, has a little bit of pedigree to him. And then Xavier Thomas, who I could say the same things about. He's had his moment of hype and it hasn't panned out. I also was doing this while Kyle was doing the coaching research. I didn't realize. I, I assumed they were going to have a leech disciple take over the offense. So if this becomes a more concentrated tree and they're not running five wide, four wide on the field every time, it could happen for one of them. But I couldn't give you any information at all. There's nothing in, in, you know, in camp reports about them. I have no idea who's going to be the guy, if anyone's going to be the guy. It bears washing to see if somebody emerges as like the alpha of the room, but I, I'll be surprised if it's a real valuable CFF asset. Yeah. Um, you you wrote, you don't think any, you, there's a, no need to roster any of the guys for any reason. Yeah, I don't think and they're so, Debbie guys either. So I wrote that Tulu Griffin is going to be an NFL player because he is the best return man in the SEC. <laughs> Got it. That gets you drafted, right? Does not yep. score you fantasy points, except in very yep. rare formats. <laughs> um, yeah, they did a freshman come in, Justin Brown, wide receiver 83. 
Uh, Nikai Poole, wide receiver 112. Again, like, could it be something? Sure. But we're just going to watch camp reports and, and see what happens. Um, they also have, interestingly, tight end slash wide receiver, Sedu Traore, um, who came in to play wide receiver specifically. I think he's a talented dude. He's definitely a different type. I mean, he's he's a tweener build, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't write, write down his size here, but I think he's 6'4", 6'5", 220. It was super light for a tight end. Doesn't want to play tight end. Thinks he can get drafted as a wide receiver, which I think might not be the best bet for him, but it's a bet he's making. So he is worth keeping an eye on. Certainly was very productive during his freshman season at Arkansas State. I uh, would love to see if he could build on that and turn himself into a true power slot or maybe even a boundary guy. Um, but of all these guys, he's the only one that I have a, a candle lit for, for Debbie. Um, and then they do have a tight end named Jor Aquarius Spivy, who is taking first team reps. Aquarius. Jor Aquarius. What a name. It's a name. It's an interesting name. So... That's what I got on the pass catchers in Mississippi State. Got anything else here? Um, no. Can I say that it makes me so much happier to look at our board now that it's so colorful? Oh, yeah. We should have just kept all the colors from every episode. We should have just yes. done this the entire time. Yes. Well, no, it makes it easy to look at what we're talking about, though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We should keep a separate board, though, with all the colors because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. As the SEC West, there is, you know, just vast changes to our Debbie board, particularly less so to our CFF board. Um, and things are coming together. And, and you know what? In the next session, it's going to change even more because we're going to do the SEC East, which is another t- conference packed full of powerhouse players and real teams. Well, and Vandy and Mizzou, but yeah. And Vandy. You know what? Vandy has at least two players I care about. For CFF? Uh, I mean, I guess it could be Debbie. Vanderbilt sell people to the uh, NFL. You can think of one on NFL offense? running back. On offense, yeah. There's a running back that plays for Tampa Bay out of Vanderbilt. Oh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> plays sometimes. Plays. <laughs> Plays. Is on the roster. He's on the roster. He's taking reps in regular season games. Uh, they had someone before that too, didn't they? But uh, I don't know. Anyways, lots of fun. Aaron Rodgers' little brother went to Vanderbilt. Fun Did fact. He? Yeah, Jordan Rodgers. Interesting. He's not an NFL player. No, but he is an SEC analyst now. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Funny how those connections will get you those jobs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Lots of good work we've put in here. You got any final shots on SEC West before we close it down? Two and a half hours later. Yeah, it's a lot. No. I think people deserve a prize for want to know all about Isaac Tesla. Tesla. I definitely want to know how to say his name. This is fun. There's a lot of, a lot of fun possibilities there. Uh, all right, man. Um, 
if you all have made it along so far, we appreciate you. Please review, subscribe, like, all that stuff. I should say this at the beginning because nobody makes it to the end. But we appreciate your support and we need it. We well, need if you it. Make it to the end and you're not subscribed. Um, something needs to change. Something needs to change. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, we appreciate all your support. And we're gonna be back, I think, later this week to wrap up the SEC and then close out our big board series uh the following week with the AACC. And then you will have a big board from us with everything you could possibly want to know and a whole bunch of things that you don't yeah <laughs> all right i bid you all adieu from kyle from ek the debbie dose signing off <laughs>